0: We're running out of time. What
1: do you mean?
0: Well, it says nightmares are triggered by the belief that the dreamer has no control and this can cause insomnia. But then it says at the 70-hour mark, the insomniac will begin to experience micro-naps. His brain will begin to shut down its functions for several seconds in an attempt to recharge itself. This basically means that you're dreaming, but you don't know it. Like, even if if you're awake. And then it says that after that, your brain will shut down and do some good. Sleep. Who can remember being five years old? There one of them now! You're not real!
2: you Stop it! You're here, you I'm getting What
3: happened at the preschool?
2: What are you doing? No, 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 no. This isn't the right way. We've got to... We've and what is the, the right way?
3: Our kids get on a stand
4: and have to tell a room full of people no, what happened no, tonight. Are we to them? to Gwen. Police. He's right. This is not the this way to do it. tonight.
2: Who can remember being five years
3: old? <laughs> No, why don't you just <laughs> fucking die? <laughs> your mouth says no.
2: What happened at the priest's house? But your
3: body says yes. <laughs> no. Don't turn away. Look at me! <laughs> I have just closed. This is the 100 Lunatics Podcast, where horror lovers and horror haters come together for insights, insults, and information overload. Tonight, Spin 26, the 2010 remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street.
4: Thank you, Wilter. Oh, it is good to be back. And uh, do you have any quotes for us tonight, Wilter? Your mouth says no, but your body says yes. (laughs) Outstanding. Thank you, Wilter. I, of course, am Daniel, your horror-loving host. With me tonight for the 2010 remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street is my horror-hating cousin, Nathan. Hey, everybody. Uh, The intern... All the boys. Ooh, deep cut, and a special guest returning to complete what he started from the original Nightmare on Elm Street run that we did, that began this entire podcast. Jonathan, welcome back. Uh, thanks for having me back. Though I started at Elm Street three. It's okay. So... You got you got the good ones in. Oh, yeah. that's true. I got I got skateboarding Freddy in, mm-hmm. so I win.
1: You started on the shitty one. <laughs> just, I started just, on the best one. You just, no, you, you missed the good one.
4: The, the number two is the good one. No, Dream Warriors. Best one. Oh, no. Jesse's... Jesse. With, with the tendon puppet master? <clears throat> best yeah. one.
5: I think there's a problem already out of the gate here. There is no <laughs> such thing as what you guys are talking about as a best one.
4: Right. They're all, oh, they're the, all best the best one. Yes. They're all the best. Thank you. Okay, that's fair. Except for two. Two is the worst. Okay, so... <laughs> Okay, yes, this brings up a good point. This We are bringing this entire franchise to a close tonight. By watching this remake, we can bookend, put a cap on, complete. Only took two years, right? Yeah. Only to, yep. Wanted to keep that bottle open. Just a clean. <laughs> <laughs> like to keep things in suspense. And I think before we even bother talking about anything about the remake, I think we should revisit each and every one of the previous films from memory. I don't want anybody looking anything up. I want us to discuss each and every one of the films, starting with 1984's Nightmare on Elm Street, is with, it, a, with is, the original Robert England. Is this a real thing? We're really doing this? Yeah, we're doing this right now. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, Intern, which one of the original Freddy films is, was, and will forever be your favorite? None of them. But, I
5: have a peculiar disdain... For all of these equally, I wish I had never seen any one of them. Even the
4: original one? Even
5: the original one. And you couldn't... I think the one that uh, had the moment that I enjoyed the most is the one where their heads are coming out of his chest. Yeah. Whatever one that is. Was that five?
4: That's four. Four.
5: And it's only that part. Like that scene, the rest of this
4: franchise can suck a dick. Oh, which is the one with the soul pizza? That is dead. That's four. Was that four? Yep. Oh man, maybe four was better than that. okay. No, see, people rag people. All people go, oh, one of course because it's the original. Despite what Nathan thinks, people don't really like number two. Uh, three, everyone sucks its dick. Hey, because it's like both campy and creative, and it's like it was a nice installment. People that were in it before came back for cameos or full parts.
1: Well, I mean, I mean, t- take take for instance. Jonathan, right? Like, he, he jumps on board immediately with number three. He wants to be a part of the group. He wants to be hip with the kids. He's from Austin. That's, you know, what can you expect? Not from Austin. <laughs> I live in Austin. Cedar. are a Marin
4: Elm Street hipster, is what I just said. Cedar Park. I'm in suburbs now. Defend yourself. <laughs> I mean, I can't. I'm, I'm not an Austinite anymore. Yeah, and I think despite his positive tone, I think I'm really the only one here that really likes Freddy. Oh, which was the one with, like, the drug addict with the Freddy syringe fingers? That might also have been three. Was that three?
5: Which is the one that uh, has the kung fu in it?
4: Oh, that's four.
5: Yeah. Man.
4: That's that's what I mean. People rag on, on part four of the Dream Master and part five of the Dream Child for being, like, intolerable messes. And, to be honest, they really are. But... There's so much fun. And, and the one that we're talking about has the pizza. Hold That's on. part four. Weightlifter turns into a cockroach. Four. That's part four. All these parts that you remember from a kid is because for part four got a bad rep. And so it was cheap to buy on TV. And they played it all the time. And all of us remember but, all the scenes. But from three the was the wizard with the wheelchair. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yes. I'm thinking the syringe fingers might have been four, too. Uh, maybe I feel with, like it was in like, three with like the little syringe, like the little holes that turn into like Freddy Mouse. Yeah, they like, like yeah, yeah. They want to suck on that sweet drug needle.
1: This conversation right here speaks exactly to the whole franchise as creativity. As we and, well, as as we sit here and regale about all of the different installments, we're not pointing out the movies or events that happened, or we are um, pointing out events that happened anything about the plot we're talking about
4: you know fucked up shit that Freddie did or maybe thinking about the specific death scenes but that's the whole movie that's the point of that's the point of watching a nightmare on elm street movie is how are these kids gonna die that's the point i'm making right now jonathan is that that's what these movies are that's what this whole
1: franchise is about it's about these what
4: you're trying to point out as a negative i find to be a positive
1: i'm not trying to point it out as a negative i'm just pointing it out as as something that's true yeah only the
4: intern here sees it as a negative
1: I, I I enjoyed the death scenes and and the silly Freddy crap that happened.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. really. <laughs> like with a Freddy movie, you don't think about the plot because it's the plot's always the same, right? There a isn't kid, one. A whole bunch I'm of kids, whole bunch I'm of a kids die, and then at the end they find a way to overcome Freddy somehow. Yeah. Right. right?
1: Com- complete lack of consistency for how Freddy's powers work and how those powers connect with the real world and. All of that jazz just gets thrown out the window, but who cares? It's a silly horror
4: movie. But that franchise gave birth to the name of this podcast. Yeah. And that franchise was the whole reason that I wanted to do this podcast because it's such a fun franchise to try to force fit together. You can come up with some crazy bullshit to try to make them all fit, and there is a way. So, I've proved it. So You know without this franchise, none of us would know each other. Yeah.
5: I think the best one is actually uh, New Nightmare, because it links everything together. It really ties things up in a, in a nice little bundle. New Nightmare then. And it's
4: totally, it's the best one. That's the meta Freddy one, right? Yeah, that's the meta, that, that's why. we're like Wes Craven and, and Robert England and, and all that? That's why it bundles it up so nicely, because it doesn't have to do anything but just remove itself from the entire world, and then go, all that exists in this box.
5: It was just like it was doing such a good thing and
4: then it stopped. And then kind of became like all the other movies. Although even in that one, anytime Wes Craven comes back, it seems like Heather Langenkamp comes back. There you go, Daniel. Yeah. And she is my Nancy, of course, an early, early horror crush for me.
1: Mm -hmm. Didn't we have a thing with that where I said Langenkunt and and you got upset? Oh, Oh, don't
4: (laughs) don't you dare. Did, Did you ever take Heather back to your cave? Oh, I would have. I would have brushed that frizzy hair. You guys can paint pictures on the wall together.
1: <laughs> you know what? Heather Heather was strong. I won't lie to you. Nope. I, yeah, I, I really want to get into this because there is a lot of subject matter here. We did go on a very long journey. I did learn a lot about Nightmare on Elm Street and Freddy and everything that that franchise was about. And I tried to appreciate it as best as I could. I didn't just take a big shit on it the way that the intern plans to do tonight. Isn't that right, intern?
5: Hey, who said anything about me planning to take any kind of shit on this? I I,
1: I saw your your dump schematic earlier. You were telling My me. My dump
5: schematic? I'm going to open Freddy's mouth about the same size as uh, a child's head and try to fill it with fecal matter.
4: That exact image of Freddy's stretched mouth and from... From the new nightmare with that's the scene you're talking about. That was the background of my phone for like five years. <laughs> why why don't you why don't you open Freddy's mouth as wide as Jackie Earl Haley's mouth mask would let him open it, which is nothing. Yeah. And he'll like suck on you with his fish lips. Yeah. I felt so bad for him. Cause when he was not the burn Freddy, but like actual Fred Krueger. He did a really good job. Like he actually got to be an actor for a little bit. Oh yeah, we will get to the movie that oh. sort of oh, lets okay. that, that lets the actor down around it. I don't mean to jump ahead, sorry. Which is basically what sorry. basically what these films did to Robert England the entire time. But he did stick it around. He did stick around and do every single one of them including the TV show spin-off. Look, he went from what Shakespearean stage actor and uh, accomplished theater actor to making millions upon millions of dollars doing tropey uh, horror films. Yeah. So he's like Patrick I don't, Stewart. I don't, I don't feel bad for him. No, Patrick Stewart still has respect in the acting community. <laughs> Robert England ain't doing nothing else. No, Robert England had a chance to have respect. He could have just done this franchise and then gone and done other sci-fi shit like he used to do. He could have just done the one. Yeah, and the then, first one. No, I like I I like that he took that he went all the way to the end with it. I really appreciate that. And he handed off the torch to the official remake. He did all the sequels and all the bullshit in between, all the appearances and commercials and toy lines and all that crazy, crazy coked out shit from the The blockbuster commercials. Yes, that they made him do again and again and again and again. He stuck through it to the end, and I I can respect that. But I mean, that's dedication to a role, right? And the and this and this franchise goes from serious to crazy corny because part one is actually trying to be a real horror what?
5: movie. Really?
4: Oh, absolutely! Oh, definitely. come on, intern! You know that, don't you? Tease me with your facetious bullshit. Oh God! This, when this
5: doesn't take itself seriously from the first second.
4: No, when no, we're talking about the original. The original. So yeah. The original, the original the scene where like Nancy's looking out the window and Freddy, and she sees like the Freddy silhouette and his arms get like ridiculously long mm-hmm. and all that that freaked me the fuck out when I was a kid
1: yeah can oh. we take a can we just have an intermission here with the intern intern can you go back in time please to when you were a small child in the 80s did you I think you still that, wasn't
5: afraid of like
4: oh, dumb what props not, a, not, not afraid just like you remember because the scene itself had an impact on you because at that time I have to believe that you were not anywhere near as jaded as you are now now let's track it because one definitely serious two also trying to be serious and Nathan likes it because it's trying to do new things I'll correct you and say that number two is actually trying to be even more serious than number one which was probably its downfall Right, it does kind of it does take liberties with Freddy though, and tries to change it up. Tries to bring Freddy into the real world instead of like having happy-
1: to establish rules about him and his powers. And it makes right. him
4: like possess people. Right, of. but but two is Freddy uh, Nightmare on Elm Street one mixed with the Top Gun volleyball scene. Mm-hmm. Yes, right, exactly. That's almost a, yeah. That's an exact interpretation. Yeah. So now it, I I totally get why Nate loves it. Yeah, complete with a dancing scene where he like shakes his ass.
1: Yeah, that was almost the that, that was the most ridiculous comparison. Really, because ever everyone before. else
4: was like, "Yeah, yeah, I
1: yeah, absolutely, Any right on." I've ever participated in? Spot on. Look, hey, it's fine. You guys hate number two. That's fine. I no. think they tried to establish rules. I, I don't hate do- it. They dove in in number 2 to the sleep deprivation part really well two, made two, it psychological Jesse was losing his mind it was it was beautiful i loved it
4: 2 2 is definitely the outlier of those of the franchise yeah it is the outlier and people most people do not like it nathan very much likes it i can't tell if it's for real or not i think it kind of is maybe but i I, I also about, like part 2
1: in in a conversation about these movies it stands out to me as the one that tried to establish something about this that could lay a foundation moving forward. Everybody rejected it, so they just went all out goofy. Okay, to,
4: to be totally honest and completely fair to Nate, the last time I saw part two was on VHS, if that says anything. Yeah, so it's
1: been a while. Huh? To be fair, <laughs> you're saying that you don't have... Um, the correct memory of the movie to my remem- correct my correct memory
4: of the movie is listening to the to you guys do the podcast for part two oh, okay there we go <laughs> as it should be for most people now part three <laughs> Dream Warrior Wes Craven comes back Heather Land Kent comes back. it's kind of halfway to being the meta that part seven will be like they don't just like, be the victim the whole time like oh god what's happening who is this burnt man they actually try to like make an effort they group up they try to go into the dream together and use their different powers mm-hmm. interesting take it's got some of the most creative kills in the franchise it's a fun movie to watch especially on a campy level uh, if your heart isn't blackened and reptilian like the intern and then
5: reptile hearts are, are the strongest
4: right then part 4 and part 5 kind of go together like they kind of they are direct sequels of each other the same new people that are in part 4 show up in part 5 yeah, but that's that's kind of when like the lore kind of gets weird. The lore gets real weird, especially with part five and dream with the baby and dream child. Oh, with like, but that's what gets cool about it, because yeah. Freddie has to like rebirth himself. I, I, weird, I, remember, like... I remember doing the podcast of that one, and you were the only one championing part five. Oh, but it's so fun though, baby Freddy, like Freddy fetus. The only cool thing about that was about how Freddy was born. Yeah, and he had to be reborn like constantly. It was like a whole fucked up cycle that had to happen all the time and like nuns have to give birth to nightmare babies. There was a church involved and then, uh, then of course... Uh, he in, dies in a church? Yeah, in part four and in part five actually it happens again in part five is the intern's favorite part which is Freddy tearing his sweater off with like skull babies underneath.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the friends are there. Mm-hmm. The, most, the most
1: amazing thing to me about this entire franchise is that number one, number two... Number three, four, and five, all take place within a span of five years in the '80s. That's five fucking movies about Freddy in five years.
4: Yeah, banging them out and doing a great job.
1: I know, but that's that's so- like Freddy was at the precipice. Like, if we were the age we are now, we'd be like, "Enough already! Fuck off!" <laughs>
4: yeah, 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 maybe, yeah that's a good point you'd be like really it has been five years and we're on part five already i mean to be fair we're still not sick of avengers movies didn't
5: yeah. they do that with saw also yes be- How often be- did the saws come out
4: speak for yourself there jonathan yeah the saws did come out very close in concession maybe a year or two apart as well now i want to get to the one that then there is one there's one in both fran big both the big horror franchises the uh, Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street oh takes Manhattan I still hate that yeah movie. there's one in each that I hate and it's takes Manhattan in, in the Freddy or er, the Jason franchise and in this one it's part 6 was that the one with Nintendo Freddy yes oh. Freddy's dead colon the final nightmare <laughs> It's
1: the first thing that came into my mind that's all I'm right, reading. <laughs> that's
4: all I got fucking Nintendo <laughs> Freddy with the Johnny Depp cameo yeah and even though there's so much crazy campy shit in all the other movies like different things where like there's you know in one of the movies Freddy becomes like super Freddy and he's like got like a big head and big muscles, and he like beats the shit out of you. And another one, he turns into like comic book Freddy. Yep, that's the one where you guys skateboarding around. Yep.
0: Oh god.
4: But for some reason, the one in Freddy's dead is the one that's so offensive. That video game one with the boing boing boing. Oh, it's terrible. That's, that's the okay. So the boinga boinga boing is the one where like the stoner kid from Clueless or yes, Empire Records Franklin or whatever. and Bash, right? Him. That's the one where he dies, right? Yes. Okay. Game over. Yeah, and yeah, that one is a tough one. Like, there's good, there's fun parts in the movie, and it's got weird cameos in it from like Roseanne Barr and Tom Arnold. Yeah. Why uh, is that one the tough one? That
5: I, is a direct reflection of every other movie.
4: No, no, no. Because that's, no, that's they when, all just that's, pull that's...
5: one thing after another, and this is just one more thing.
4: That's just when the creativity of the kills goes way down the tubes. Yeah, see, maybe I can put it you to you mean, like...
5: Like... Oh, God.
4: Intern, let me put it to you like this. When I was in school, one of my favorite things to do one of the, like little activities in class that we used to do was we would each start writing a story and then we would pass the paper to our right after a set amount of minutes and just continue off the next person's story. And I loved doing that because you usually got like some horrible piece of shit. And you'd have to like... Cobb- with it. cobble together some cool thing from the piece of shit they gave you. And for me, part 1 through 5 of the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise do that. No matter what you think about the quality of the film itself, they're trying to make shit fit in the universe and explain things, and then part 6 is just this like fucking weird weird little like d- cancerous nub <laughs> that should have been removed. And then part seven is meta, which is kind of interesting, but all together, I don't really know how much. I don't like rewatching it very often.
1: I won't go as far as Daniel, but I will say to you, intern, when we did this, when we were constantly watching Nightmare on Elm Street movies and doing podcasts about the entire franchise, you could tell. You could tell. When it got to number six, there was a significant drop in, in quality and just all around. It just it, it felt mailed
4: in. Even even the energy of the podcast was like, we're getting this over with quickly, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, well, we don't the, have the much other, to say it, about this.
1: Just, despite how much I was never really into them that much, there were still fun kills and silly things that Freddy did to talk about in the other movies. And the final nightmare was just... Ugh. Right, like everything uh, that was supposed to be funny and supposed to be hokey just came across as weak, mailed in, and terrible, lazy.
4: And you you know, know, I remember doing that podcast and just thinking, like, I don't even, I don't, don't, why am I even here? Like, why (laughs) we're we're talking about this movie? Why are we talking about this movie? Like, I've got way better shit to do with my time. Did you guys? So, which franchise did you like more? Ooh, that's an interesting one, guys. I have to think.
1: I think I probably had more fun watching and doing the jason franchise especially yeah. because it ended on a positive note when i got to jason x oh, i jason was so x. pleasantly surprised at how ridiculous and fun it was i really appreciated jason x and i didn't expect to
4: that was the one in space right yeah, yeah. And, you, uh, and you had all the lore to go with it so all the jokes you were like oh i understand these
1: yeah and and jason every time he it there was something that they were trying to do, and it was amusing to watch them try to do it, even though it was the same shit over and over again.
4: Yeah, see, I, I think I might lean towards the the Jason franchise as well, just because I had a lot of fun doing it with you guys, and there was a handful more of them to do, which means they did some weird stuff, like had psychic girls come into the picture. Yeah, uh, yeah, that
5: was uh, that was a good
4: one. Yeah,
1: and fuck it, man, Manhattan was
4: really bizarre. It, it was, was really bad. It wasn't even Manhattan, man. It was Jason on a boat. Yeah, but he he punched that guy's head off. He does. I hated
5: it. oh, Number
1: 9. Hilarious.
4: Yeah, no one likes number 9 but me. See, all the, a lot of the Jason movies just really blend together. Yeah. I mean, which I mean, to be fair, some of the Nightmare on Elm Street's do as well, but I think the kills were more creative in Nightmare on Elm Street. See, that that's what I'm going to say cuz I'm going to listen I'm going to my official answer is the Jason franchise because I had fun doing it with you guys, but I I like freddie more than i like jason yeah and there rate was of,
1: rate of kills and and the personality of the actual main character yeah freddie freddie hands down
4: right but but on the flip side for me there's more nudity in the jason movies
1: hey that's a different topic well, i just said i mean kills
4: for, right, <laughs> i mean if we're doing horror movies like nudity has got to be a part of it
1: oh well boobs is jason all the way jason all so, the
4: way yeah uh, now speaking of friday the 13th let's what? talk about freddie versus jason because uh, I this... haven't
5: actually seen it. It's the only one I haven't seen. Oh, oh. coming
4: unprepared!
5: Yeah. Wow! Wow! And uh, now that we're gonna talk about it, I'll never have to.
4: No, you definitely have to. This is this homework carries over right, because what we could possibly say about that movie does not do it any justice. Yeah,
5: that's good, and I don't care to.
4: What if you like we secretly talked it up as the best one in the franchise? It wouldn't just matter. to get him to go watch it. Like what? These guys can't be for real. Snubbed and for every Academy Award. <clears throat>
1: Okay, every, everybody, just take take a second here. In, intern, Nathan, um, you don't, you don't. I mean, come on, you don't want to see them fight.
5: No, I don't want to see Freddie ever again.
1: You don't want to see Freddie and Jason have a fight.
5: No.
4: Right. Oh, uh, <clears throat> that that was it. Was a good fight too. How about this one though? Can you take a guess, intern, at what the plot is for Freddie versus Jason?
5: Well, it's gonna be messed up because I don't think Jason actually sleeps, so right. But he does
4: dream when he's awake. Micro naps, man. <laughs> yeah, <it> takes micro <laughs> naps. No, what did what? In Freddy versus Jason. What they establish is that Jason does dream, so he does sleep, and he has mm. dreams about his mother, of course. Yeah. And Freddy, and of course, you've seen the whole franchise except for the last one, so you know that Freddy part of his power comes from memories and when people forget him that's when he's weakened and starts to disappear so that's what's happening to him and he needs jason to go and like kill people and remind him and remind people of him like he's going to use jason as like a tool to like remind people both of jason and himself cuz otherwise freddy's stuck in hell yeah and he has to like gay- regain power cuz he can't really interact with people's dreams anymore Right, it's not a bad premise if you're trying to bring these two concepts together. It just kind of plays out like flashy two thousands garbage. But well, in in the uh, timeline of the, both the franchises, right? Like Jason goes to hell, you see Freddy's glove at the end, like yeah. pull Jason into hell, and then they each make a couple more movies because I, I guess like the the rights of the movie studios, like they once had an agreement, yeah, right, yeah, and, oh, yeah. and then once and then they're like, nah, never mind. Yeah, we, we go over it, I think, pretty extensively. But yeah, that, right. m- that movie was stuck in production hell right. for 20 years. I was trying to jog my memory on that. For 20 years it was stuck there. Either way, it was finally made. They just got it out of the way. It could have been a lot worse than it was. It should have been a lot worse than it was. Yeah. But it does have all the pitfalls you think it does, just like every, honestly, every superhero movie has, I mean, th- which is you just watch two people that are indestructible fight each other. Think about things that have been stuck in production hell forever. Like What, what comes to mind for me is like the last Duke Nukem game. Yeah, It was in production hell for like 20 years And was absolute total fucking garbage But when Freddy vs. Jason comes out You expect it to be absolute fucking garbage But it's actually not bad Yeah, there's some fun stuff about it Not a whole lot, it's not one that I go back to very often And they kind of puss out at the end And they don't make either one of them an established winner So you're like, I just watched a whole lot of nothing And you guys weren't that creative with the kills To make me come back to it Why did you you give the intern an out In the homework? Yeah, I don't need to watch it anymore. The only reason
5: to watch it would be to see Jason lop off Freddy's head, but.
4: Well, okay. You would be doing yourself a disservice if you did not watch the last 30 minutes of that movie. Just be a completionist, in turn. You have to. You have Get to. Get that platinum trophy, man. You spend so much time with these movies that you hate. You have to finish it. You'll, you'll hate yourself forever.
5: I already hate myself for watching this series. <laughs> so, what's a little bit more?
4: Yeah. Well, now it's not like watching that movie is going to turn you into a cutter. Just do it. Is there is there nudity in it? Yes. Are you lying? I don't know. I don't remember it. Jesus. Christ. Okay, so let's talk about Michael Bay, Platinum Dunes, and their endeavor to remake all of the classic horror films. They had a reasonable amount of success with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay, I remember when that came out. Yeah. People were like, "Oh, we wanted to hate this, but we don't." Because they turned it into a found footage thing. No, 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 they did not. No, they didn't. With one of the Texas Chainsaw Massacres. Oh, one of them might be. They made like four. Like a remake. They made like four sequels off the remake, but the original remake, they had some success with. So they went ahead, and I think they also made the Amityville Horror remake with uh, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. It, that one's not really that bad either, and I think that's what people thought, and that's what made them think that they could just keep doing it was that they were like, "Oh, we we were hope we, we thought we were going to be offended, but these are just like mediocre." And Michael Bay and Platinum Dunes took that as let's let's do them all. They weren't behind the the remake of Psycho with Vince Vaughn, were they? I don't think so. No, no, I think that was its own separate thing. Yeah, no one no one should have done oh. that.
1: I'll help you out here. It's the Amityville Horror 2005, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Beginning in 2006, The Hitcher in 2007, uh, The Unborn in 2009, Friday the 13th, 2009, Nightmare on Elm Street 2010, and I think they're also, yeah, they're, they're behind The Purge and a bunch of things. This is, yeah.
4: Right. Those aren't remakes, though, but these ones are, and they do. They do the remake of Friday the 13th, which we all liked a whole lot.
1: Uh, you no, know, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003 and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre the beginning in 2006 and Amityville Horror 2005 and Friday the Thirteenth 2009 and Nightmare on Elm Street 2010.
4: Yeah, because I remember hearing good things about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003. That was the found footage one, I think, with Jessica Biel. That was that. I don't. That one's not found footage. I don't think though. No, there was a scene at the very end where like a cop comes down to like the basement or something and like finds a tape. Yeah, or something like that's sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, like making it seem like it's a real thing. Yeah, I remember watching it. I thought I thought that it was fine. We all liked the Friday the 13th remake a whole bunch. We thought it did some cool shit while also paying some homage to the earlier films by squeezing them kind of all into the first 15 minutes. Um then the Nightmare on Elm Street remake came out and people did not react well. Critics didn't like it. Fans didn't like it and they were gung-ho from the beginning to make a sequel and they put a big old stop to that right away yeah I told Daniel that uh, this is the only movie I've been to in my life where I went on a date to see this movie and we were the only two people in the theater yeah I also saw it at the theater and there were, well, we weren't alone but it was not filled <laughs> and I watched it pretty close to the opening and well I... this
1: doubled its budget did it not? Pretty it d- much,
4: yeah, Close. yeah. Came in at thirty-two. It took thirty-two million. They made back like sixty-five. Um, well, I mean, that's thirty-two before marketing. Yeah, right. They, they probably they, they broke even, probably, probably.
1: They were talking. Th- this was twenty ten, so there's probably still some DVD revenue coming from that as well. And they were talking sequel. They were greenlighting a sequel. But as Daniel said, they. You know the critics shat on this. Every all the feedback was terrible, and they just because of that they shut it down.
4: Yeah, because I don't. This was a tough. This was a tough remake to to make because it's it's a weird demographic you're going after because most people don't really consider the original Nightmare on Elm Street that much of a prophetic film, except other horror fans, and then those horror fans have already followed the franchise well into the Campy era, so. I'm sure, like myself, others were like, oh, Freddy is, like, goofy. Right. Even in his initial stage, he was still a little bit goofy. But, I mean, even when I saw the the trailer for this, it was like Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he'd be a great Freddy. Like, because he was, he was coming off an Oscar nom, right? And it was like, but well, they actually got an actor yeah. to be Freddy. This is crazy. Like, I'm excited about this movie. Yeah, and he's one of those actors when you're like, what? Who's going to take over Robert England? And they say Jack, Jack, Earl Haley, and you're like, oh, I, I can see that. Kelly from Bad News Bears? Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, he's a strange looking dude, and he's, he, he will definitely have respect for the role. But then they, then they went serious with this movie, and they made half of it almost a shot for shot remake, and then the other half their own interpretation. And I think just with people, just with their bias their, that they came into this with, this movie just, hit the ground pretty hard. Yeah. I didn't like it when I first saw it in the theater. I think I've eased up on it now, but I'm still not a big and, fan. And, and they tried doing a double twist, and that almost never works. You know? like Make you start thinking, oh, Freddy's one way, and this is the reason for everything, and then they twist it again at the very end, and it's like, eh. You should have just just kept the one twist, I think.
1: Everything I have read about this movie... Cause I've done a little bit of research going into this podcast and this whole production just seemed like a fucking mess. Like apparently there was 14 different scripts. Oh. And they went with a combination of four of them. Yep. If, if you're trying to play a, pay an homage to Wes Craven and the original 1984 masterpiece, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. Um then why don't you just fucking reload the same script? Just do it like what are you talking?
4: Fourteen scripts?
1: How the fuck do you have fourteen scripts
4: right i I saw a little bit of background documentary on this movie, and they the reason that they they tried so hard and ended up with this big mess of scripts that they eventually had to piece together because they wanted to make something separate they wanted to make their own franchise they thought that the freddy franchise had so <laughs> had become so convoluted it just shit itself at the end that they just wanted to give it a really strong foundation make up some new rules respect some old rules do a little bit of cherry picking and so there's
1: a there, there's a timeline here with these 14 scripts and Maybe some of them were what prequels and different yes.
4: ideas. This yeah, this was but this was gonna be a prequel initially. I think that's why there's and some of that carried over to the new script. So I think that's why part of this plot has to deal with Freddy when he was the gardener slash janitor at a preschool. You gotta, oh you, man, they should have kept it. That was the best part. You, you you get a lot of that, and they dip a little bit into that in the in the in the Freddy movie that we all hate, which is part six. That's a big element of that as well.
1: Well, they get to go a lot closer to the molestation part of this in in the remake than they ever got to in the original, right? Yeah,
4: yes. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of like left that of a, a thing that you didn't really talk about. Like you knew it's that Freddy was a molester, but it was like, <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. I mean, in all the movies, they, they touched on it on one, right? As to like, that's why he got burned up and everything. But man, they really no, just kind of left they that.
1: No, they don't. In number one, they say, He's a child murderer.
4: Yes, not a molester.
1: It's all kind of there. I agree. It's it's there under the surface, but they Wait. never actually go there.
4: Well, okay, so the in first the, remake, the first one was what? Like, late 70s early 80s? 84. Right? 84. You don't talk about fucking kids in 84, no. you know? You talk about fucking kids in 2010. Yeah. And then you show, you know, flashbacks of like a girl with uh, Cuts on her back and, sh- and and growing up and thumbing through Polaroids. Well, that's what you do in 2010. <laughs> yeah.
1: Look at these pictures, but we won't show you what they actually are. Mm-hmm. But- right. But
4: you we know. See- but I mean, you've been on Pornhub. Just use your imagination. <laughs> you know. I'm sorry? You've, you've been to dark places on the internet. You know. I'm
1: sorry. What did you just say, John? <laughs> <laughs> what? Sorry. What?
4: All right. Hold on. Let's move on. <laughs> Right, so we've, we've established Jackie Earl Haley coming fresh off of being Rorschach. I think that's pretty much what got him this role. Was I read ha-
1: that. I read that his screen test for Rorschach impressed a lot of people, and it did. Uh, Rorschach's the performance in Watchmen was spot on. He was the best it,
4: part of that movie.
1: Yeah. Anyone who has read the graphic novel of The Watchmen is aware of how well Jackie Earl Haley did. And funny... Funny little note here, gentlemen. Currently on Daniel's burden list on Trailer Park Podcast is a little ditty called "Little Children." Great movie, which was, which was the first time that Jackie Earl Haley played a child molester. Oscar
4: nom. Some guy's are just good at it. They I have mean, it in their bones. He he goes from molesting children to molesting children with a to a later burned face to now in preacher. He's doing really well. I think I like his character a lot and potentially molesting children. Well, uh children that deserve Are, right. it. Well I mean they're not really children, they're they're ground up meat that he forms to look like children. I'm sorry, uh, John. We're gonna have
1: to take a step back here. Huh? Um earlier you were talking about Pornhub, now you're talking about children that deserve it. Can you please elaborate?
4: No, Daniel said children that deserve it. Yeah. It's gonna get real real dark in here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about ground up hamburger meat Formed to look like children Yeah Okay I, I
1: apologize I thought that you said um, What Daniel said So I I, 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 re-
4: I retract I'm sorry Yeah retract Oh no, no no Now Now that I have children I can't say the children that deserve it You know what I mean Yeah It's a little bit too dark A little too close to home A little too close to home now Let's Dan, talk
1: can you, can you elaborate and define A, a child that would deserve it <sighs>
4: I don't know. Kim Jong-un's kid? Anyone I come in contact with. Saddam Hussein's kids. The question was for Children of the corn.
1: (laughs) Children of the corn deserve it. Thank you.
4: Let's talk Rooney Mara. Uh, Yeah.
1: Let's talk Rooney Mara. I read a little trivia thing about her with this movie. I don't want to spoil your, uh, your, your party, though.
4: Oh, you're not spoiling anything. I love Heather Langenkamp, and I love the character Nancy. I do not like what Rooney Mara did with this character at all I, I gave Daniel why not? Some, I gave Daniel some Rooney Mara, Rooney Mara trivia earlier yeah I didn't know because I was like this chick is the worst part of this movie
5: she's the best part of this movie she's, she's the only part that is like hey, worth watching
4: she's the by far the worst part of this movie
1: let me let you I, I'm gonna I'm gonna clue you guys in on why the intern is saying what he's saying um, he watched a movie called Carol. I, seen
5: and More Than Carol. What is Just Carol? I'm I'm speaking.
1: <laughs> uh, Carol is a movie that was Oscar nominated for both Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara. Uh, recently, it's a movie. Was that the one uh, last year? Yeah, yeah. Period. Period piece involving women uh, getting together and you know being lesbians with each other. When maybe it isn't. Socially appropriate to do so. Right. Yeah, yeah. Over time, Carol has subdued and serenaded Andrew, and now he's got a a respect and a, an appreciation for Rooney Mara, and I, I would dare say a, a cloudy, maybe, interruption to his perception of her performance in this movie, because Rooney Mara is a talented actress, and she mailed it in. This movie because she hated this role and she was going to quit acting because of it, so and you can tell. Yeah. It's this is this is Rooney Mara's worst work and performance. And although she did act and and, and do okay, it's it's nowhere near Langenkamp Camp. Like it's not even in the same fucking arena as what Langenkamp Camp did. Can uh, we talk about the best part of this whole movie? The open credits?
4: What? Is that it ended? No,
1: the oh, opening the opening
4: credits. credits? That's not the best part, I don't think.
1: The opening credits are pretty good.
4: They're not bad. I mean, they they definitely got my hopes up for the rest of the movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. no. Nightmare on Elm Street fan, going to watch this in the trailer. The opening credits are, are nice. They got the the kids doing hopscotch. Yeah, yeah. All, all the names are, are written in chalk on the sidewalk. It's a good choice. This is a nice... A nice intro for yeah. this. So
4: they, I, I don't want to take away from that. They bring back some of like some of the original music you can yep. hear. All the little like twinkling children's piano music and all the little girls that are playing One, jump rope and stuff, two, singing the Freddy Freddy's song. Coming. Yeah. yep. You're like, okay. okay. Yeah. It sounds like they're being respectful. And then you get into it and it opens up in a diner. A diner is a big <laughs> plot location for a lot of the Freddy films. Um, they immediately go into like tripped out nightmare mode with uh with a character that we'll only get to experience during this cold open. Kellen Lutz? Yeah.
1: Uh, future potential He-Man?
4: No. Ooh, I have the power. No. no. Dolph Lundgren's be, the best. Rumored <laughs> to be
1: casted in the new Masters of the Universe movie no. as He-Man? Yes. Kellen Lutz? Yes.
4: Dolph Lundgren and Ed Harris all the way.
1: Hey, and I gotta say, the diner scene is strong. It's, it's, it's not weak, I don't think.
4: No, it was a good opening. It yeah. was. Yeah, it, it right o- it leads off with creepiness right away, which is the waitress just walking through and not paying attention to him and he's like coffee
5: coffee what? he's like what the fuck. I, well, I also
1: read that he purposefully didn't sleep for 3 days leading up to his uh, shoot for this movie. Yeah. And I think it actually That's... comes across that he's quite fatigued and quite yes. deprived of sleep. Yeah, he he looks he lo- it looks authentic. Okay.
4: Yeah. So so with that being said, that, maybe aside from Jackie Earl Haley, is the most actor dedication for this movie.
1: Sure. Yes. Agreed. <laughs>
4: right? Yes. Like, yeah. he gives the second most shits about this. Yeah. And and I wish that the other actors had also just not slept because it's a big part of this movie. A big, big part of this movie is that you are so tired, so tired that even just blinking your eyes for a second puts you at risk for death. Right. And no one this
1: nominate Jesse Walsh in number two as the person that does that the best throughout the entire franchise. Can I get a second?
4: Uh, I'll I'll put him up there. I'll put him up there. He definitely gives it a go. Yeah,
1: just that part of it, just the sleep deprivation part of it. Not talking the whole movie. Just give me that.
4: Yes, I
5: want to say that he did a really good job because right after the first scene here, I I did fall asleep and had to you know wake up a couple hours later to finish watching the movie.
4: Wow. Wow, but in turn, this is the scary. This this has the scariest scene in the whole movie, which is when he spills his coffee when he's talking to that girl. (laughs) Yeah, like the the hardest jump I have watching this movie is when he's super engaged when that blonde chick comes in, starts talking to him, and he's super engaged with her, and then he just like panics for a second and just spills his coffee. That I I was terrified for like three seconds. Most scares throughout the rest of the film. (laughs) But what's kind of cool is like okay, so throughout the rest of the franchise like the girls doing the jump rope and singing the songs they look just like that girl in the remake right Mm -hmm. so when she was in preschool or whatever with the like she's the girl doing the jump rope scene throughout the entire franchise oh yeah they sprinkle that over the whole thing right so they just kind of tied yeah they're just everything together yeah they're caring they're tying it together well it's Michael Bay I'm not going to say that they're caring but like, that's that's the little girl who does the jump rope thing. Yeah, no, you're right. This already proves that the intern is wrong.
5: Uh, how so?
4: About the entire franchise.
5: That it sucks? That I'm falling asleep right now talking about it?
4: But how are you falling asleep? We get introduced to some characters here. We get, unfortunately, induced introduced to Nancy, which is this flat-haired, jaded girl who is... My favorite kind. Who is essentially the girl from She's All That... Oh, yeah, just,
5: that's probably why I like it so much.
4: She just sits in her room. She's like pissed off about everything. Super monotonous with her mom. She needs a lot of piercings on her face. Is what she needs. Yeah, or at least like one of the like. She needs like a whole bunch in one ear, right? I mean, she's already an artist, right? She needs a whole bunch of piercings in her face. Yeah, and that's like I get that it's the I get that it's a remake, but a big portion of this film is gonna is gonna spend time just completely reshooting the original movie, but they made. Nancy which is supposed to be Freddy's like favorite the one that he's in love with they made her this brooding bitch and that's not what she is she's like super innocent and kind of naive and strong that's a weird character to play and Heather Langenkamp nails it this one not so much and you know I figure if that's Freddy's favorite Freddy's favorite should have been the little girl doing the fucking jump rope yeah you yeah. know she, yeah. cause she's everywhere well they're all innocent when they're little Right. And if that's the biggest scare for you, uh, oh. I, I disagree. The biggest scare for me is when Nancy has her micro nap and sees her friend in the body bag at the end of the hallway. That's a pretty school. good one. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That was like, what? When she's just standing up like blood all over her face and just screaming Pouring at out of her mouth like, bah. Yeah. Yeah. That is actually yeah, a lot creepier than you would think it would be through the description.
5: Yeah. This must be like a plus three.
4: No, we don't need to be dramatic in turn.
5: but it has all these scares in it it's just like
4: it's so well done are we mixing podcasts here are we doing pluses and minuses this is the podcast with pluses and minuses oh fuck fine now All right. now (laughs) when did that start (laughs) did that start sometime after Jason X two years ago
1: uh intern are you just gonna be in the corner taking shots at this movie the whole time in a negative moody way
4: yeah why don't we start Uh, are, are you the Nathan Carver of this yeah. Now, you right now, before we continue, you tell me something you liked. Uh, I liked when the credits ran. No, don't you fucking. <laughs> God damn it. Where's the end That's credits? Moody. That's Ooh. moody. Yeah. Don't. don't how, be... about... Um, and... how about. My favorite
5: Trump... part of this movie was looking up what other movies Rooney Morrow was in.
4: Why don't okay. you why don't you go play and... Somewhere Over the Rainbow in a Minor Key? It's
5: <laughs> uh, a about
4: great when... idea.
1: Intern. How about when Kellen Lutz put the knife into his own throat and sliced his own neck right in front of that bitch
4: huh i mean that you're not actually real. that probably you're is, not real bro.
6: you're
5: not real i am now
6: dean what are you doing you're not real dean
1: stop it dean dean stop it. Dean!
4: That's a nice little transition into the opening credits of this movie.
1: Yeah, no. If I was a fan of Nightmare on Elm Street and I was in the theater, I'd still be like fully positive outlook at that point.
4: Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I and I was too. Especially the way it sounds like they're like cracking open a coconut when he's cutting his throat open.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a solid kill. You get to see Freddy, and his face is, you know. Starting to concern you a little bit, but it's Jackie Earl Haley, so you're 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 keeping upbeat and you're completely positive at this point.
4: Right, you do get a tinge of like, oh, is that some weird like Guillermo del Toro fish costume? What is that? But
5: <laughs>
4: yeah, but the yeah, th- there's
1: something wrong with it. He's like an he's not Freddy. He's like an alien
4: being. Yeah, he's just he's a little bit too much. They didn't get it quite right. But you're like, okay, he slits his throat.
5: If you had webbed feet, you'd be like, yep, no, that makes sense. <laughs>
4: yeah. Oh, it's a remake of The <laughs> the Creature from the Black Lagoon. Of course. <laughs> oh, when the remake of The Creature from the Black Lagoon ran out of production budget. Yep. <laughs> oh, you're like, <right>. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that's what Caruso would see. Um, it's, it's like, when remember when Guillermo del Toro had 50 cents left on his Pan, Pan's Labyrinth bank account? No, but Freddy kind of looks like one of the characters from, like, Hellboy 2. Oh, the the fish yeah, creature? That's the one that comes to mind. And there's different boy. scenes in this movie that are, like, a lot of cheap scare scenes in this movie. There's a lot of jump scares in this. And that's not what Freddy's known for. No. The David
1: Hyde Pierce character in yes. Noble. Yes.
4: Yeah. The Niles Crane. Yes.
1: Yeah, that's David Hyde Pierce. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ.
4: Now, let's get to the portion of this film that is, for all intents and purposes, a reshoot of the original movie. Which is, before we had Tina, they kind of focus on Tina for a little while, the blonde girl. In this movie, she's called Chris. Right.
1: The connection there is Christina.
4: Chris. Oh, I get it now. Yeah. That makes sense. We get a little bit of that. She's already-
1: Tina in the original is actually named Christina. Wait, what? Oh, Oh, so
4: Chris in this movie- Yes, they, oh, okay. they both have the same name. They took different short versions of that name. Oh, this is going to get edited out, right? No, this is all staying. Okay. This, is, this is gold. <laughs> <Good> Information <laughs> overload. Um, also, I noticed in that in the diner scene, before we move on past the credits, the actual opening of this movie, uh, why is... Freddy has a whole glove made out of knives. Why is he like holding a knife to his throat? Why not just jam his knife hands into his throat? Because Because, he has to make it look like it's him doing it to himself? Well, because I I don't think we're giving enough credit to Kellen Lutz in this scene, where he is the future He-Man master of the universe, Mm -hmm. and he is holding down the glove hand, Mm -hmm. right? And so Freddy just overpowers him with... Kellen lets his own hand holding the knife. It's also a six inch steak knife, and he goes if he plunges it to the hilt. Oh he decapitated himself. Who who the fuck orders a steak at a diner? And a bloody fucking one too. Right? Real bloody. Oh. Yeah. I mean, he deserved to die for poor choices. Yeah, I'm glad we settled that. Now let's get past the credits. Uh yeah, they're nice. The music is nice. Funeral. We are at Dean's funeral. Kellen's funeral. Yeah. And Pretty pretty similar to the original with the uh
1: I've been having nightmares or or, or what have you about the guy with the blades on his hand. No? Yeah, yeah the guy but,
4: the guy with the burns, the guy with the blades on his hands. But are we skipping over the the what the fuck moment of who the fuck falls asleep at a funeral? Yes. Oh yeah. She is micro napping at that funeral. But she's not micro napping yet, because she's She she doesn't know, right? She's just having dreams. Well, she's probably traumatized from watching a man decapitate himself in front of her. (laughs) (laughs) She goes into like a microcoma. Yeah. She's also hallucinating about herself. Right. She's seeing herself as a little child. Her little child self is trying to give her some sort of warning. Which that's got to be kind of weird because if I saw myself as a three-year-old, I wouldn't necessarily piece that together that that's me. I guess I haven't seen enough pictures of me as an infant. Yeah, I'm not that familiar with how I looked back then. I'd be like, I guess that's me. That kid's fucking ugly. I had a (laughs) a stupid bowl cut. I remember that. My Spider-Man t-shirt. Yep. You're like, oh, I would have beat me up too. Yeah. They were right. Good thing they shit in my mouth. They taught me a lesson. (laughs) Gave me some character. Now, the other character, what's his name? Is it Jesse? Which one? The one on Ritalin? The like douchebag guy? Oh, the one who goes to jail? He's like, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Is it Jesse? I don't, you don't, like, these kids are not in the picture long enough to really learn their names. No, and in the original film, they make such a big deal of saying their name in, like, every single sentence because they need you to figure out who the fuck is who. Right. They don't really do that that much in this one. That's more of a modern filmmaking thing. Right, this one is, like, Chris's crazy boyfriend who leaves the diner in a huff and doesn't pay enough money even though he just, like, pulls random money out of his pocket and throws it on the counter. Yes. Right? Right. Yeah, no, it's it's Jesse is the douchebag guy because he used to date Chris. They're broken up right now. Now he's going to use this. They broke up like a week ago. Now they're, yeah, and now he's going to use this grief moment to like try to weasel back in to her pants. And when Nancy comes up at the funeral. That's a good move. Yeah.
1: Because I've seen the entire franchise, I'm connecting all these names to the entire franchise. Like I, I hear Jesse, and I think number two is that an homage to number two? Are they trying to do an homage to the whole thing? Yes. What's going on here?
4: No, I, I'm, I am, I have no doubt that's what they're doing.
1: Yeah, they'll, dr- they'll
4: drop little the like Easter eggs all throughout here.
1: There's a scene later in the movie where they open the trunk, and Clancy Brown's character turns to the other parent in a flashback regarding Fred Krueger, and he's like, "Yeah, I agree with Glenn," and the other parent's name is Glenn, and I'm like, "Glenn, Johnny Depp." Uh huh.
4: Yeah. Now, I on on a side note here, I really do appreciate your proper pronunciation of homage Mm -hmm. instead of just saying homage. Homage. It's homage, right? No, I know. Yeah, it it sounds fancier. Yeah, it's also the right way to say. I mean, this is a fucking highbrow podcast. Uh, We've established that time and time again. I really should start listening to this. Can we just do a little plug
1: here about the character Jesse, since you guys are talking about him?
4: Do you Do you have an homage to Jesse?
1: I have a, a little plug. Um the the actor that plays Jesse in this remake, Thomas Decker, uh he would he would go on to write and direct some horror films, one of which is coming out this year and will be featured on the Halloween episode of Trailer Pro Podcast.
4: Ooh. Ooh. Do we, do we know the name of it? Can can you? Would, 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 <laughs> Please. Um, I don't know what to think about it because he's the second worst actor in this film. <laughs> we, we tease. We tease. Well, let's pray to Christ. He's a good writer, huh? Yeah. Let's hope he's a, be- a better writer than he is at trying to warn someone of his unknown presence. Because he has some moments in this film that are spectacular for being, what the fuck are you doing?
1: Can we just celebrate that I'm connecting dots here? Yes. Okay.
4: Yeah, you are. All those dots lead back to part two, but yeah, you're connecting dots.
1: Sad sack studio dots, horror movie dots, Nightmare on Elm Street trailer park podcast dots. Come. Nightmare on Elm Street two. Jesse dots. Chris's death. Chris's oh, okay. death is pretty good. Being connected in a gigantic web. It's a huge paradox. It's blowing everyone's paradox. mind right now. Okay. okay, let's move on.
4: It is. Minds are blown. I want to talk about uh, Jesse being a dick. Because he's trying to, like, mac in on Chris at the funeral. Like, at the funeral, he's trying to be like, hey, what's up? Do you need someone? Easiest time to get into a girl's pants is when she's grieving. Right. Cry in my pantsless lap. But then Nancy tries to come up and be like, hey, I'm Nancy. I'm brooding. And I've had these same dreams as you. And he just turns to her and says, hey, can you shut up? this chick's already really fucked up right now and you're making it worse. Do you understand that when Chris is blowing me later, she's going to be using her own tears as lube? You have no idea how good that is. Yeah, I don't need you jumping in and cock blocking me right now. Like, I'm going to be on her roof later just waiting for the appropriate time to bang on her window. Yeah,
1: if if we wanted to take a moment every once in a while to just evaluate a comparative evaluation you know evaluated
4: comparative ev- evaluation <laughs> yes. are, are we going to evaluate an evaluation
1: okay that's fine i understand i use that word too much um the point i'm trying to make is to say hey let's stop and say how much better was tina's boyfriend in 1984 than chris's boyfriend here
4: oh no, yeah that that guy uh what was his name? Isu Garcia? I think that was the actor's name from the original part. Um, what was it like? Nick Rod or Rod something? Isn't that his name? I can't remember. Was his name Dick Dick? No. Rod, Rod Lane. Rod Lane. Dick Vagina. So, so
1: nice. Much better. Character archetype. Just a complete douchebag. Awesome.
4: In yeah. In the original. And he has the same role in this. Uh, I kind of forget what happens after the funeral. Do they go back... Is this the scene where uh, Chris is talking with her mom and her mom says this?
2: Who can remember being five years old?
4: Who? (laughs) Everyone. Everyone can remember being five years old. I remember kids shitting in my mouth when I was in preschool. Yeah. I remember losing my teeth in kindergarten. I remember being in kindergarten and being given a two-piece puzzle and thinking, what? Do you think I'm retarded? After the funeral, they jump to the plug of
1: the the obvious, you know, just plugging in the freddy
4: pushing on the wallpaper scene oh that's that's terrible yeah but that is a scene okay so they totally fucked it up but that is one of the scenes in the first movie that needed to be redone right and they should if they were really if they I really mean, if if they, they wanted to pay respectful homage <laughs> homage they would have done it the way the original did it which was just use a sheet right because it it looks better yeah and you know it wouldn't have been like like the cgi freddy head and glove like coming way out of the wall right because that's that's too much
1: pronunciation of omanish
4: daniel yeah thank you thank you nathan good yeah but it's true You, you don't when it's all like milky like liquid like that you can see every little contour on his face you're like that doesn't make it scary it makes it look stupid yeah it's all shiny. Just give it a sheet. You see, like, kind of a hand, kind of a face. It's scary because, you, because it's undefined. This, okay. this is where they're copying without knowing why it was scary. Today, I watched
1: both of them. I watched the new one first, and then I watched the original.
4: Nice job. And, wow. and I'll say that the Extra original. Extra credit. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, the, the original had a, a larger impact because it was done with a more grainy film quality. And they were trying to achieve something. In in the remake, they're just simply trying to plug this in because it needs to be there. And that's what comes across. That well, they're just trying to get it in there. And it doesn't really matter how they do it. So they just quickly CGI'd it in there. Does the CGI look okay? Yeah, it looks okay. No, uh, no. it does not look okay. Nope. Well, yeah, no, pretty bad. You guys are attacking it. But I'm saying when you watch both back to back, it, you know... I get it, twenty ten to nineteen eighty four, it's gonna look better, but you know, it doesn't have the same context, it doesn't fit into the movie the same way, feels just kinda uh like like a tail being pinned on a donkey, just kinda awkward.
4: So if if there are three scenes that absolutely need to be done from the original to the remake, it's the Freddy in the wall, which they I, I think they did a piss poor job of. It's the Freddy Glove uh Freddy Glove in the bathtub, mm-hmm. which
0: They did pretty uh, much right.
4: they did almost exactly the same. Yeah. yeah, they should have taken it slower though. Because it, it happened in like two seconds. Yeah. And then it should have been Johnny Depp in the waterbed. Right. They they tried to loop back around on that one, didn't quite it, do it, it. it. No. Absolutely did not do it. And that that's a scene that should have been done.
1: They they tried to do a shout out to the Johnny Depp death by making blood fall through a ceiling which has nothing really to do with it and they also in the bathtub scene only just let the hand come up and come down from one perspective in the original they have the hand come up and then they change perspective to have it coming pov at you and then it and then it sinks down so right it's not really i mean in all three instances i agree with you those are the three but in all three instances they failed Right, Especially right. with the Johnny Depp one, they failed miserably.
4: Right, because they let that character live. Yeah, well, that that, <laughs> yeah. that,
1: that starts. that That's where it starts.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's two big problems for me with this movie right off the bat is that one, they let Glenn, which in this movie is Quentin, live all the way to the end. And two, where the fuck is John Saxton's character? Where's Heather's, or where's Nancy's dad? A really, like, small percentage of the original Nightmare on Elm Street plot, which made it, like, an 80s... A uh, kind of movie thematically was that she had divorced parents, and that was like a weird background plot to the whole movie. Was oh that. right, he was the cop, right? Yeah, he was like the sheriff, yeah. and her mom was a like kind of like a weird boozy ex actress, and they were divorced, but they still you know came and every once yeah. in a while united over over their daughter. In this movie, that's gone. That character is John Saxon's character is completely gone, and I I understand it obviously doesn't hold much relevance on the plot because they managed to make it through without that character. But, I don't know. I like that guy. Or that role, I should say. But, now we get to understand why Freddy is getting himself remembered. And as he sneaks back into these children's memories and nightmares, he starts to build a little momentum and get more and more and more. And that's definitely what's happening with Chris. Chris is having all of her dreams suddenly infiltrated by Freddy. Remember me.
6: Are you
4: okay? Yeah. Lots of bad nightmares for Chris coming and, her way. And all it took was seeing Dean kill himself in a diner. Yeah. Right? Because she had no idea. And saying you're not real. Like, that's what stuck with her. That's what traumatized her. Because she spreads that story to anyone that will listen to her. Yeah. Mostly the douchebag guy. <laughs> right. But that's all it takes? Because no one knows Freddie's name at this point. Except for Dean. Dean knows. Which is he killed himself in the diner. He spread his knowledge to Chris. Now Chris is like having nightmares and obsessing about it. And she's telling her friends who are independently having their own beginning nightmares. And the more they talk about it, the stronger he gets. Yeah, I guess. Because, I mean, I mean, Kellen Lutz was putting up a fight with Freddy at yeah. the beginning. So I guess he wasn't that strong, right? Everyone succumbs in the end. Where when Chris dies, Freddy's flinging her across a room. Right, so I mean, obviously he's gaining strength. Okay, I'll buy it.
1: I'm gonna go off on a tangent quickly about this another qu- one. Yeah, sure. About this Quentin Glenn business. Okay, I've I've been reading a bunch about this movie, and the guy that got cast as Quentin got cast early on. They loved this kid
4: with the weird dark lips.
1: Yeah, they they wanted this kid bad, right? Like they. I mean, he's got
4: a swimmer's body.
1: And I feel, I just picture in my mind, um, Michael Bay being like, you know what, let's keep this character alive because he is a really strong person and we, we really fell in love with him playing this role. So, and as you know, this is going to be a continuing franchise for movies and movies and movies. Let's make the decision to not kill the character like the original movies did, uh, like the original movies made a mistake killing Johnny Depp, the biggest star in the movie. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, yeah, let's let's do a continuation with this character so that we can bring him back for the sequel. That's what I have in my brain, that they, that they changed the outcome of the movie strictly because of how do, they felt about the actor and wanted to continue that character into the next do film. Do you
4: really think Michael Bay wanted to turn this Quentin actor into a star? I think
1: that he thinks that way. I think that he thinks financially like this is going to be a multi-film series and he's the strongest character, so he should move forward.
4: But he wasn't the strongest character. Yeah, but, but he
1: knew that Rooney Mara hated being in the movie, and she was in no way in hell she was going to sign up for another one. So he would have been the the one that continued
4: it. Yeah, fair enough. We'll never know. We'll never and know. It's probably for the best. Okay, well,
1: let's continue to the school scene, where Chris, uh, this is this is one that lines up with the original, where the you know in the original Langenkamp falls asleep at school,
4: and she yes. has an episode and. Yes, the classroom scene. We will get to revisit one of the better scenes from the original movie and the franchise and this movie.
1: I correct myself. It wasn't Langenkamp's uh, class scene. It was Tina's class scene that they're redoing here. This remake has this need to uh, establish when things are a dream much more so than the original no
4: not necessarily there are some some scenes that are dream sequences that that you don't really know to to the point where more than halfway through the movie anytime someone closed their eyes for an elongated period of time i was like oh it's uh, a dream yeah this dream then it is
1: but i feel like the original made you guess whether it was still real or a dream and this one is kind of they're, Almost. I uh, mean, the, they're, the they're, flash they're, of a the flash of a camera is happening as it shifts to this wasteland where all of the desks in the classroom are gray and the color changes and everything about the.
4: Oh, I don't know. And and I'm going to be skipping ahead here, but do you remember when Nancy sets her phone alarm in the bathtub? Yeah. Uh, that that kind of caught me by surprise. Yeah, it's not, it's not every time that somebody falls asleep or rubs their eyes and transitions over into dream mode that it goes as extreme as it does with Chris's dream in the classroom here. They do that whole sort of like silent hill, yeah. everything's a burnt landscape. But I'm, I'm actually okay with it because it's kind of, you know, if you're going for your own style, here's a good opportunity to do so. The concept of when you transition over to the dream world if there's any time that you're going to try and do something different it should it should be one of these things so i actually credit them for trying to stylize or make their own thing and the part where you know freddy talks to her a little bit inside of her dream pretends to be her teacher i'm actually going to play a clip here in a second but the way that she wakes up yeah s- screaming in the middle of class that was good yeah it's a great moment in the original and it's a great moment here well as, and as far as like horror movie screams go that that's that was pretty good, yeah. And you do for the first time get a small taste of whether or not Freddy's gonna have any sort of banter at all.
3: You really shouldn't fall asleep in
0: class.
3: <laughs> Hi, Chris. Who are you? Look just as beautiful as ever. You have nothing to worry about. This
0: won't hurt one little bit. Are you okay, Miss Fowl? (laughs)
4: <laughs> Are you okay? No, fucker. Did you, did you see how she screamed herself awake? Did you, did you hear that scream? Though that is a beautiful, blood curdling scream. That's that's. If you're the teacher, go right to the nurse. Just go to the nurse. We're yeah. we're done here.
5: What? No, no. She's got to stick stick around after class to explain what's going on. Yeah, they're talking to his
4: pants. They're talking about the Spartans going over the Athenian wall. There's no way she needs to scream like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrifying. History is scary. Yeah. Are you implying that she's staying after class to have sex with her teacher for a better grade? Yes.
0: I, I th- promise to make this as painless for you as possible.
1: <laughs> I think I've seen that on Pornhub. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you would have. <laughs> That's 80% of the plot. <laughs> yep. Can I. I noticed that when. The guy with the dark lips What's his name? He's the Glenn character But in this movie his name is Quentin Swimmer Yeah the swimmer guy When he gets like nervous Or When he's doing that Horrible hyperventilating That bad actors think is crying uh, He has a way of doubling up his words I don't know if you can hear it But I tried to capture it here When he's talking to Nancy in the hallway About if she needs someone to talk to At her locker Listen closely
0: not like if you ever if you ever need somebody you know if you ever want to talk
4: to somebody. If you ever if you ever if you need somebody if you ever if you ever if you talk somebody. Right. That I caught that when I was watching the movie and I was like, wait, did he say if you ever need somebody? Yeah, he's he doubles up. That's his way of being like cute and shy and charming. Or not like if you ever if you ever need somebody you know if you are going to talk to somebody. It's such a weird little like trait. Michael Bay thought that that kid could be the tentpole actor of a franchise aside from Jackie or Earl Haley yeah no that tells you something that, oh, wait, that kid that,
1: that I'm a Jesse
4: no that kid Quentin is oh, cool. is the jazz transformer of this fucking movie yeah he is the just Abomination like why are you even in this thing you're making this whole movie worse by being here yeah I don't yeah I don't know what they were yeah they made a big deal about him being in the movie and I don't really get it I don't think he's bad but he's definitely not that great no just like in the Michael Bay Transformer movies like Jazz was the beat bopping boop boop Transformer and it's like why are you the main one you're like if a Transformer could be in blackface it's that Transformer <laughs> it's Jazz but we also get the first of two moments where Jesse shows us how terrible he is at acting like a human being. When trying not to startle somebody, which is when <laughs> when he comes up to Chris's window and she's like lost in some like nightmare reverie and he just slams his entire face against the window like, I don't want <laughs> <surprised or> anything. <laughs> whatever, whatever that happens in a movie, I'm like, why? Right. Why? why? Who doesn't when someone's busy or occupied with something, you know, you get like 10 feet behind them and you're like, hey, someone's here. You don't right. just slam yourself well, against the window. And you imagine he's been on her roof for a while staring at her, right? Yeah. So why not just like, like, a, like a, a subtle knock? You know, you don't have to just like, Whoa, oh, my God, I'm right here.
5: <laughs> just uh, When I come to visit you guys out in uh, Texas, that's how I'm going to swing by.
4: Yeah. Oh, it's the intern. He never comes yeah. in through the front door. He always throws himself against the back window. He always slams himself up the back door. Yeah. Why are
1: we asking this question? It's a trope. That's why it's right. there.
4: I know, but he, the, him, the actor, like, does it more excessively. the The, the next one that he does is is much yeah, much this, better. The second one is worse. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know what I'm going to do with this clip, but I feel like just hanging out with Nathan I'll have some use for it eventually.
0: All right, I know I've been an asshole and I've been jealous and I've been fucked up.
4: Yeah. We'll figure it out.
1: <laughs> well, this is young Thomas Decker here playing Jesse in this movie. Okay, Daniel, this is this isn't the writer director Thomas this Decker that uh, that we're going to see in 2016. Yeah, oh, nice. this is
4: six years ago, Thomas Decker. Yeah.
1: This is young Decker.
4: Does that make Chris Jesse's girl? Oh.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh.
4: Also, I want to point out that I think by this time in the movie, we've had at least a half dozen of these cheap scare tactics the jump scares the jump scares that this movie could totally do without like if it just didn't have any of those jump scare moments it would just be like a relatively mediocre Nightmare on Elm Street remake but because it has these moments where it just shows like Freddy turning around real fast and then each and every time they use that scare tactic in this movie which I think is 8 or 9 I tried to keep keep track the second time I listened and it's this exact same sound every single time (laughs) Yep. every time and if you have to go between the franchises I feel like Jason is more the jump scare franchise and Freddy's the more psychological yeah. scare franchise yeah. right? Because
1: hands, the- hands down the original uses music way better than the remake does
4: oh yeah yeah. the
1: original has like a high pitched squeal happening in and out throughout the entire movie that, that adds to your tension I think if if the remake had used the high pitched sound that was reverberating in the background of the original for eighty percent of it, that uh, this movie probably would have got a thirty percent bump on Rotten Tomatoes.
4: Like I, I feel like with this remake, they should have used like a hoobastank song, like behind the entire thing. <laughs> it was just it was just crawling in the dark and then like jump scared sound. Yeah. Well, uh, and then and then Linkin Park. Let's yeah. let's go to one last eh, homage scene, which is going to be and I can't remember, Nathan, do we spend this much time with Tina in the original Nightmare on Elm Street? I feel like in the original Nightmare on Elm Street, Tina was kind of the cold open and then we just get into hanging out with Nancy. And in this movie, we're spending a lot of time with Chris. Well, that that
1: opening scene with the diner with Kellen Lutz, that is unique to this remake, right? Like, yeah, the original opens up and it's all about Tina having these dreams and then communicating that to Glenn and Nancy. And and then, you know, they invite her or Tina invites Nancy and Glenn over to her house so that she doesn't have to sleep alone and yeah, Rod up. Yeah, have a up. little party. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 definitely centering around Tina as the main source or beginning of the uh, attacks of Freddy. I think they are still all kind of having the nightmares equally at the same time, just not freaking out about it the way that Tina is, or at least maybe Freddy is attacking Tina more so.
4: Oh, he's coming after her hard because he starts fucking with her a whole lot in this point of the movie. Yeah, she's, well, yeah. He's I'm gonna,
1: just, I'm in, in comparison to the original, he was targeting Tina. Then, and in this one, it seems like he targeted um, Kellen Lutz's character at the very beginning and then turned his attention to Chris, and, which is basically what you're asking. And I'm just giving you a long-winded answer. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You guys have been drinking a little bit. Mm-hmm.
4: So yeah, no, Freddie's going to start fucking with Chris a whole bunch. He's going to give her some classic dreams within dreams. Where you think you wake up and you're okay, but you're not actually okay. Yep. He's
5: inceptioning her. Yep.
4: He's, yep. Yes, he's inceptioning her. Thank you in turn. And he's gonna lure her outside because they gave us a little foreshadowing scene earlier where her dog Rufus just always gets out. Yep. And so when she Damn wakes Rufus. up from, Yeah, when she wakes up, she hears Rufus barking, she goes out there and finds what you usually don't see in movies anymore, unless you're setting up a huge awesome revenge action movie plot. Which is a dead animal. They usually don't do that in slasher films anymore. They bypass the animal to kill the person and then the audience like cheers together. They're like, yeah, fuck people, love animals. Not this one. In this one, oh, they killed that fucking dog. And it's an Australian shepherd, which is the dogs that I used to have. But it's okay because. I was just petting him. I was just petting him. Yeah. And it's hard to pet things when you have claws on your fingers. And, uh, she runs back inside. She's terrified. And she's gonna have is she? This is where she has one of the dreams within within a dreams, right? Like she yeah, that was yeah. She's terrified. She wakes up. She's like, "Oh shit, I'm okay." She goes to the bathroom. She comes back and lays down. Yeah, because Kellen Lutz was sleeping there, and she was like sleeping not on the not Kellen all. Lutz. Well, no, no. Originally, Kellen Lutz was sitting and sleeping there, and she was like sleeping in his nook, like all all cute, right? And then goes outside, sees her dead Rufus.
1: Is he trying to say Thomas Decker? Yes, she tries
4: to tell us. Sorry, Thomas Decker.
1: Right, yeah. She goes and checks on the dog outside, comes back to bed, and it's Freddie in the bed instead, right?
6: Yeah,
4: Freddie in the bed instead. Freddie in the bed instead. (laughs) Freddie in the bed instead. (laughs) She starts freaking
1: out, and they do the homage to the original uh, Tina death scene. However, again, I got to say, all the resources at their fingertips, they can't do this better. The original death scene for Tina is. Is, is better to me. It is to me, too. And There's... it, it it's probably stems from them, uh, like, Freddy cuts Tina at the beginning in the original and then gets tossed around. And in this one, they, they kind of say, well, let's toss her around more. <laughs> I, I don't know.
4: <laughs> like a whole lot more? No, like a whole lot more. Let's... Like a
1: rag doll around the room?
4: Yeah, that's the thing. They have, like, the tossing around technology that's better. But part of what when made the original uh, scene so great was that just the camera work kind of lets you know that you were watching something special because all of a sudden you're like, "Whoa, this is a weird camera angle for the movie. And then you realize that she's in an entire room that turns upside down so that she can slowly pretend to be thrown against the walls. And you get the gimmick, but there's something about a respect for the effort that was put into getting all this shit together to make this look the way it did that made every part of it seem really graphic and real. And here she's flung around so hard. In one part she gets like windmill kicked. Yep. And you hear the feet against the wall. <laughs> yeah. thunk, thunk.
1: It's pretty it's pretty aggressive.
4: And I couldn't help but laugh because she just like chun lead the wall. And I was like, Oh, this is too much. <laughs> they went too much. Yep.
1: Chun lead the wall. Yeah.
4: I mean that's that's pretty accurate. Yeah. yeah. And they and they do, they cut her wide open up in the air in some one of those little just... exorcist floating scenes, but
1: I'm just I'm watching the scene in the background on my computer and I I just the minute you said that I'm
4: like (laughs) (laughs) it's exactly what happens to
0: you okay
4: yeah and then just like the original uh, (laughs) Jesse makes all the, the wrong decisions all the wrong moves all of them like one breaking out of a house that he broke into he's got blood all over him he's running around in people's yards And people are quick in this neighborhood to call the cops. There's no fucking around. Nope. The second they see a shadow in their yard. He runs out of the house and the the alarm goes off. Yeah. Right? This is a no fuck around neighborhood. No, this neighborhood is on the ball. Yep. I mean, the cops come quicker in this neighborhood in what? Springfield, Ohio than they do anywhere else on the planet. Yes. And 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 it's not one police officer, right? It's three cars. Yeah. And he runs straight to uh, Nancy's house and has his second of two... Terrible coming up on someone moments, which is when Nancy is truly having a she's all that scene mm-hmm. where she's brooding and sketching dark gothic things. And we don't hear how he gets in there, whether he sneaks well, she's in.
5: He's got headphones on.
4: Yeah, but what is he just like hiding under the bed?
5: No, he would have came through the window just
4: like before. I know, but wouldn't you he's say he's a window something? expert? He just come. He comes up on her, and, he, and it looks like he's about to rape her. I mean, he just like pulls her in from behind, right? Yeah, like he, he hand try- over the mouth. He tries to get his hand over the mouth, but she panics too much, and he can't do it. So it's all awkward. And how the fuck does he get in the house? It's yeah. It, uh, I'm very uncomfortable with that scene. He there's, jumps
1: there's... up onto second floor um, roofs and goes through windows. That's his thing. I think <laughs> he
5: he yoga teleports.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he te-
4: calm down, Dalzin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does like triple double flips uh, up up on top of the roofs. I think there is an issue here for me having watched both of these movies today. The remake seems to be just, you know, putting check marks in boxes. If if
4: if you know what I mean. Yes, at least at least for this uh, half of the movie, well, yeah.
1: Because in the original, you've got all these characters and it's uh, it's it's smart to make them uh, have a sleepover together and interact with each other and build relationships with each other.
4: Right, so and you can start movie- giving a shit about the independent characters. Right, and in
1: this movie, they choose to, you know, still execute the same death scene for Tina, but not involve the other characters at the house during this event. So it just separates the characters and gives less. Interaction and less relationship, and just kind of it just feels like they're okay. The death scene with Tina, is flipping around a, a, over top of the bed. Check. Yep. In the, okay. Well, yep.
4: Did that. Make him run. Make him run around and get caught by the cops. Okay. Now we got him in prison, just like the original. Got that. Check. Well, in in this movie, I feel like all the kids that are going to die died in the first twenty minutes. Yeah. Right. right? And then a lot of just searching around for shit. Right. And it's like, what what happened to character building? You know, I don't give a shit that any of these kids died. Yeah. And even though they're trying to reinvent or reimagine this film, they're doing a lot of heavy relying on you knowing what all these characters are and what they used to mean. So it's kind of... I'm I'm never really sure what this movie's trying to do, which is why I have so many moments where I'm like, oh, I like that. Oh, I hate that. Oh, I like that. Oh, I hate that. And it's just like, okay... Uh, we spent 32 mil on this let's do cheap jump scare cheap jump scare cheap jump scare a whole bunch of blood a whole bunch of death all at the beginning and then you know what these kids have fucking ADD anyway they're not going to be paying attention 30 minutes into the movie yeah kill them oh you're having a dream what's that (laughs) (laughs) that's all it is
5: uh, did you insinuate that you actually cared about characters dying in the originals
4: just Nancy Hey. hey more so
1: Fuck face. you don't have to step in every once in a while and just shit are, on. Are you <laughs> moving on? Yes, uh,
4: let's kill Jesse. Please do. And I'm- and that was one of those like uh, dream deaths where you didn't necessarily know it was a dream, right? Because we were talking about Chris's death, where she's sleeping and obviously she's sleeping because the whole classroom turns into a hellscape, right? Yeah. And where Jesse falls asleep. He's been beating himself in the head, trying to keep himself awake, where his cellmate's like, shut the fuck up. Yep. And you imagine the cellmate's going to kill him. Yeah. I gave you top bunk. Respect it. Right? Yeah. Like, you just walked in, and I give you top bunk, and you spend the entire night beating yourself in the head, kicking the bed, and then all of a sudden the guard says, oh, your parents bailed you out. That totally makes sense. Yeah. That's a good moment to be right? like, oh, shit, I get out of here. You're a suburban white kid. Of course your parents bailed you out. Yeah. Right? Didn't know it was a dream. No. And it's nice, too. Because you, you get to, like, witness the moment when he realizes it's not. He's walking, and then he, like, doesn't really sense the presence of that jail guard anymore. And he's right. like, oh, it's like, how, shit. like, why is the jail guard a thousand feet in front of me right now? Yep. Why and can I not see him? He turns around, and he sees that the wall is, like, right behind him. He's he moved like, up with him. Yeah. He doesn't panic or do any crazy shit for, like, one moment in this film. He has a nice moment where he goes, Sigh. <laughs> like his accepting his fate moment yeah he just knows he's like oh fuck I'm so fucking dead right now because he's in a very narrow hallway with a whole bunch of doors that won't open he has a wall that's right behind him of course he's fucking dead because he's trapped yeah and this movie will will toy around with the idea that I like which is that yes the whole atmosphere and character of Freddy Krueger is this custodial, industrial factory feeling. So yeah, I like that anytime they start to slip over into the dream world, it starts to blend it, like, you know, because he starts to walk down the prison hallway and then it just starts to turn into the inside of some abandoned warehouse factory. I like when they do that. It's nice. You're going into that yeah, world. like and- he goes into, like, the boiler room. Yeah, it's very close to how Silent Hill operates, but it's Nightmare on Elm Street. They're established. I'm going to give it to him. And then he sees, like, all the mutilated bodies of his friends. Mm-hmm. Right? And Freddy starts, like, fucking with him, you know?
1: Okay, so this same character in the original, which was Rod, didn't yep. have didn't have a cellmate. It's a smaller town, so it was just a holding cell, or what appeared to be a, a holding cell. Yeah,
4: a little county jail.
1: Yeah, and then um, Freddy was more playful. He... Uh, use the bed sheets to create a strangling scenario where he made it look like he killed himself hanging himself by his bed sheets
4: yes thank you nathan there's a very important factor here that i don't think most people would care to notice which is that Freddie he- takes the time in the original to make it look like something someone could do to themselves you could take your sheets and make a noose and hang yourself in the in the jail cell. And when it happens, it, everyone just thinks like, "Oh, this kid was so crazy, he killed himself." Right. In this one, how do you explain someone's stomach just exploding open? Well, not just that, but you see when he's put into the jail cell that there's a camera pointing into the cell. Right. Right. You see through the the police camera, Jesse going into the cell with a cellmate, and that's where you see the cellmate get off the top bunk, go to the bottom bunk. Yeah. Right. And so now you have to imagine okay, all this shit is happening in the cell. The cellmate is watching all of this happen. All of this is happening on the fucking camera. Police officers are watching this happen. And the cellmate's so freaked out in all this. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I'm innocent. I'm innocent. And I thought, granted, like, obviously anyone who takes a look at the fucking cell footage is going to know he's innocent. But I thought that was a nice touch.
1: Yeah. Uh, No. that argument works against this whole scenario. No, no, I get it. Like it's a or shitty fucking
4: scenario for this movie, and the movie never should have touched it. In in twenty ten, even if they
1: did the bedsheet scenario, that would have been on camera too, because right, right. all of these things would have
4: cameras. Right, but it, but at least then Freddie could have like manipulated the kid's arm to like wrap yeah. sheets around his neck.
1: The point that's being missed here in this conversation right now is that what was not done and what was missed or the ball that was dropped is that there is a playfulness to freddie and there is a quality to dreams and dreamlike occurrences that isn't just about the industrial you know cut to industrial cut to freddie being bloody and, and and putting his his uh, finger blades into somebody and making them you know get all gored up <laughs> it's it's more. I don't know. The original is more interesting in 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 their choices. Trying to connect it to the dreams. You have a landscape here where a character is living inside of dreams, and your decision is just to cut them up like a regular horror movie would.
4: Right. With, it seems
1: kind of short sighted. It's just another checkbox. what yeah,
4: this, this goes back to for me is the lack of give a shit. Yeah. From the people making the movie. Yeah, it's lazy. It's abs- yeah, it is lazy. Right? Where when Wes Craven did the original, it, I mean, this was his baby.
1: It's like the intern's feedback
4: about all of this franchise. It's lazy. It's like, oh, the best thing's the end credits. Well, oh, come on. Let's talk about the fucking movie. No, it's the end credits. No, no. Uh, a lot uh, of them aren't lazy. They're ludicrous. <laughs> There's a difference. This one, though, is just lazy. Yeah, this death is, is absolutely lazy. Like, Freddy could have just as easily wrapped, made Jesse wrap the bedsheet around his fucking neck and hang himself in front of his cellmate which I feel like would have been a more powerful scene. Yeah, or antagonize his cellmate into killing him. Right? I mean, we just came up in two seconds a better way for this scene to end.
1: Well, yeah, they definitely could have done something different, and I'm totally fine with that, but yeah, if you're going to do a cellmate, then use it and take the dream aspect and come up with something creative instead of just Check marking that box.
4: Oh God! Could you imagine the scene? Like if the cellmate was watching Jesse wrap the sheet around his neck and hang himself. Yeah. Be like, I, hey I feel dude, like that, what are you doing? Like, I feel like that would have been maybe more powerful than than the original. Yeah, it would, it would have been more intense for sure. Right. It's well, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Or you do a scene, or you
1: do a scene where Freddie goes after the inmate, the um, the cellmate. And makes him do something to the other guy.
4: Well, I mean that's I mean now you're like crossing a line, you know, because the cellmate's not one of the kids. We don't know if Freddie can go into that guy's dreams. Right. So now you're like yeah, mishmashing yeah. lore. You're, you you're, have to you're stay. talking late franchise Freddie Powers. Right. Here. You have to stay with Jesse.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. Let's <laughs> let let's go to uh to Nancy and Quentin aka Joaquin Pattinson
4: um aka the Riddlin' kid aka yeah, nancy drew yeah uh, there's
1: they're 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 talking over some coffee in what appears to be a bookstore
5: oh and it's a nice looking bookstore i'd like to work at this one
4: yeah but you can't because it's like a bookstore from like a harry potter movie
5: owls yeah i don't know i've never seen a bookstore that looks so nice with uh, such old books
4: yeah, old books just piled, right. piled around. There's like cute little charming tables to sit at and be pretentious. Who has leather-bound mm-hmm. books yeah. sitting around? But, I mean, the pretentious thing, I mean, any Barnes & Noble, you can do that. Yeah, but this one had like, everything was like old dusty wood. Yeah. Like hipsters would come in and just come. You know
5: what's <laughs> hilarious about this is that he's in a bookstore and he's doing all of his research on a computer.
4: Yeah, he's like, fuck books.
5: Jesus Christ. But he
4: did have a stack of books next to him. He had the fucking, like, children's, yeah. the Pied Piper thing. And to be fair, in all watching the Freddy Krueger movies, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, I never associated Freddy Krueger with the Pied Piper before this movie. Yeah, and here they laid it out for you. And they do two things, which are nice little respects or nods to the old films, which is when you get to make up your own version of something. They do it, one, with the internet, which is gigablast. Yep. Gotta go to gigablast.com, do all my do all my searching. And two is now help me out here, because I've watched this movie like five times and I could not pick up what he was pronouncing any one of those five times. What is the pill that he takes in this movie? It's like Voltron or It's like Zyklon. No, it's not. I tried. I did not want to look it up because I was like, come on, I can it figure start, it out it I with couldn't a Z. figure it out. Like Zoltron or something? Something like that. It sounds like uh it's like Zoloft mixed with something. It sounds like a Japanese robot. That was my like yeah. mnemonic. It's a zipper pill. Yeah, because in the original it was called what? Like no sleep or stay awakes? Yeah. Uh, something like that. It's it's like no but even easier. Yeah. And that's great. And they have another one too. Hi- hypnosil. Hypnosil? That's in the Dream Warriors. That was amazing. Yeah. We need to bring the original
1: the, the original just made up some fun funny hokey name yeah stay awakes or whatever yeah yeah
4: <laughs> stay awakes so i hope it's that one i i we're going with that it's stay awakes i'm i I'm don't just looking. don't at research it, at his, it it's stay I'm awake
1: looking at his books that he's reading here that are on the table sleep studies and mastering
4: sleep yep oh god yeah no quicker way to put yourself to sleep right Well, that's between
1: that. I think is beautiful buildings of America, but I might not
4: be reading that right. (laughs) Well, what better way to keep yourself awake
1: (laughs) than looking than appreciating the architecture of America?
4: I love the Sears Tower. Yeah, reading a book, classic way to stay awake. Also, just like staring in a dark, quiet library at microfiche, great, right? (laughs) Now, in in the whole library thing and in the researching. Freddie and in the Pied Piper and all this shit. In this where uh, Nancy sees the blog of that Asian kid. Yes, yeah. Nancy's gonna. They're gonna figure out that it's not just if if they're experiencing these memories of Freddie, then their entire class must must be experiencing it. So she's literally checking off people's faces from this photo. Okay, so they've already found the photo. Yes, it's not there yet. No, no.
1: Nope. It cuts to her. Doodling some more at home and then having a bath.
4: Mm. We get the oh we, yeah, we're not done oh. with we're not done with paying respect to the other films. We have to sneak in the bath scene. Well, you have to do the bath scene, yeah, right. Even if they did it poorly, you still have to do it
1: and then she has a dream in the snow about the uh, day school,
4: yeah. and
1: uh, she she wipes off the bad ham part of the sign and wanders around in the snow
4: right and this is where she's where uh so freddie comes up eventually outside the the front door of the daycare And she's like well i set an alarm and he says you set an alarm in a dream and that was one of those things where we don't just like jesse's dream not all the dream sequences are like, you know this is a dream. Right. Cause, yeah, because right then you're like, oh shit, did she right? set it in a dream? It's like, well, she was wide awake when she set the alarm.
1: Either yeah. way, Quentin to the rescue by calling her on her phone. Of course.
5: And... Just so you guys know, uh, Quentin's taking Zonerol. Zonerol.
1: Okay, did you look at Zonerol up on uh, GigaWeb? <laughs> no. It's GigaBlast.
5: But he takes 30 milligrams.
4: Thirty kilograms of Zonarol, the okay. same pharnas- pharmaceutical company that produces Zaljans.
1: <laughs> okay, and then they 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 get together, and this is where they start to really dig into their investigation, and they produce the photo that you were referring to,
4: and with the drawer that doesn't close for some reason.
1: A, a conversation with Nancy's mother. You're a liar. You're a liar. No, you're a liar. No, I didn't lie.
4: Oh, no. Yeah, that is a great little scene. Yeah, they're in total ridiculousness. They're in the midst of trying to figure out what's happening and they think that they know they're young. They think that they figured it all out <laughs> and they press her a little bit. And it's such an awkward, like, lifetime movie kind of scene.
2: Yeah. Why would you lie to me? I didn't lie. It's right here. Why would you lie to me? Stop lying to me. I am not lying lying to me. I'm not lying to you. I am not lying to you. I'm not lying to you. I didn't want you to have your life with this memory i didn't want you to remember i wanted you to forget
4: stop lying to me <laughs> fuck? i didn't lie yes you did
0: there's yell- a picture
4: t-
1: yell over top of each other that's like every conversation i have with the intern okay um the original here needs to be brought up again because in the original they don't uh she she doesn't continue to lie like, the, the mother here divulges that there was something that went on in their past.
4: Yeah. Yeah, because she, she's as, a
1: booze hound. Yeah, but, but in the original, it's like a full confession.
4: Well, it would yeah. have made sense here because they're staring at a
1: fucking picture. They're staring they talk, at a class picture. Yeah, but in the original, the mother just divulges everything. Like, we killed him.
4: Yeah, we fucking killed him and don't he, look in the furnace in the basement. Yeah, <laughs> we
1: burned this guy. Like, that's, that comes out during that conversation. In this conversation, they hold that back so they can have some weird flashback. flashback dream moment where they discover it themselves inside of a dream, I believe, later on.
4: Well, yeah, which to me is still the best part of the movie. And if they're spending all this time paying respect uh, to the original film, why didn't we have a moment where she like gets woke you know how she gets woken up by her alarm on the cell phone finally no she was woken up from no it's his face calling yeah from from the phone call that when she picked up the phone it should have turned into like gross into gross freddy phone yes of course if we're paying homage we should be paying homage to that exact part and of course it should have been sprung by this But but Freddie's already been established as not
1: being as playful as the original. This is at, serious Freddie. No, this is this is
4: Dark Knight Freddy.
1: Yeah. At this point the original, he's already smiled, you know, wryly at the camera a few times and, and just like, you want to know who I am? And just like cut his skin open and a bunch of worms are underneath <laughs> his skin. He's done a few things by this point in the original that are just fucked up and weird.
4: Yeah. And now that, conveniently, all the other characters have been killed off and we can just focus on Nancy and Quentin, um, he's going to start heavily invading their dreams. Who
2: are you? You don't remember. You must. You're my
6: number one. Huh?
4: Does it rob from the impact of his character that they overdub everything he says? Jackie, Jackie baby. What we're going to do is we're going to take your Rorschach voice just use that. We're going to mix it with Batman. We're going to enhance it with special effects and then just record it really loud over every scene you're in. So every single scene that you're in with your fish monster face, yeah, you're not actually saying anything. We just need you to move your jaw. Yeah, like you know your lines, kind of right. We'll just kind of move your jaw like you would do the lines, and then we're gonna use your Rorschach voice. Yeah, we're gonna get Christian Bale in here. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's we, gonna ADR all your lines. Do your Rorschach voice, but hold your nose. Yeah, and then we're gonna like CGI over that a little bit overdub. Perfect.
5: Can you play that one more time? I want to hear his uh, his lingus, uh at the end there.
4: Oh, you like that part?
5: Yeah. Little
4: Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh the <gasps> <laughs> yeah. And the, yeah. the The stirring uh, macaroni the... <laughs> I want to make a uh, suggestion. suggestion Oh you want to hear this one more time <laughs> Why would you lie to me I
2: didn't lie It's right here Why would you lie to me Stop lying to me I'm, I'm not lying, lying to you to I me. am not Stop lying I'm
1: not- <laughs> Jesus! Um, Shut I up! Shut up! The last three scenes kind of read like plagiarism to me.
4: <laughs> yeah,
1: and I'm gonna say that because it, it's almost like they they took the Nancy and Quentin character and blended them together, and the you know second half of the Mother's Confession and blended that in as well, because the bathtub scene in the original. She, she gets pulled under, and there's this water moment between Freddie and Nancy where she's pulling at her underwater. Yeah. So they take Quentin and make him swim a few laps and pull him underwater, but then they bring him up out of water to complete the second half of the confession from the mother in the original by giving a backstory about what happened to him. It just feels like they took that and just kind of, like, twisted it into this other interpretation which is basically the same thing but it just feels like completely non-creative like they just well maybe if we did this and then kept this and then twisted that it'll still say the same thing and, and then it'll be different
4: yeah and well, the yeah. product is lazy okay yeah. so when Quentin is doing his swimming trials like his swimming practice right and I guess he has a micro nap in the middle of swimming <laughs> Right, because that's <laughs> that's the logic, right? Because if your brain is gonna pick a time to to rest for a second, it's obviously when you're doing the most physically strenuous thing you can do, and when you're face down in water, face down in water, yeah. right? Swimming but,
5: isn't physically strenuous. It's like the most relaxing thing to do.
4: You are crazy. You are insane. It's but- it's the most physically effective workout you can do. Yeah. I want
1: to see the storyboard where it was a good idea to have Quentin standing in the middle of an industrial complex. Right. In a speech- and and,
4: and oh, I, yes. I, I love the fact that, like, when he wakes, when he's in his micro nap, he's look like the cars are driving by. He's like, "Hey, hey!" It's like, <laughs> "Are you serious? You're in a fucking swimsuit right now, with goggles on your head. Do you think this is real? Yeah. You're in the middle of fucking nowhere." Freddie just ran by you with cars going by, yeah, you're in a cut scene right now from Dante's Inferno in a speedo, right, and we're all trying to take you seriously. They're it's not real fucking, difficult. they're not stopping to help you, yeah, but i that was my favorite scene in the entire movie was the like Freddie in the the warehouse, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know when,
1: eliminate eliminate Quentin standing there in a speedo, yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 take that <laughs> I'm ridiculous I'm nonsense good. out of it,
4: but like yeah. jackie early jackie Earl Haley like. I didn't do what you think I did. Like, that was like, oh, well, shit.
1: Yeah. No, that, that was quality. It had other actors there, too, like Clancy yeah. Brown. I love Clancy Brown.
4: But but that was the first twist in this movie that I thought they were going to take, where, oh, shit, Freddie wasn't really a pedophile. And they kind of went with that for a little bit in the movie, and it was like, oh, this is a good twist. If they're going to remake the movie and, and make yeah. it different, keep it like this. Yeah. yeah, it's a good twist. And the to be honest, the original movie... I th- I feel like also kind of implies that for a little while like cuz everyone's super depressed about it. Yeah, like oh, Fred Krueger was an innocent man that's framed by these kids that just didn't know any better and the parents of course went with the kids and just burned this man alive and fuck yeah, of course he's coming back to kill everybody. You know, give, that that makes give sense. Some,
1: give him some righteousness.
4: Exactly. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So you, sure. it kind of puts you on Freddy's side for a little bit. Yeah, and it's even true. though Clancy Brown is in this scene and he kind of dominates it, and I, and I fucking love him, uh, it's actually the third guy that really only has one line in this movie by the trunk that I played at the intro that is that he nails this one line. What are you doing?
2: No, 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 no. This isn't the right way. We've got it. And what is the police? right way?
0: Our kids get on a stand and have to tell a room full of people what happened to He's right.
5: That's- He's right. He's <laughs> Tell
1: right. There's <a>
4: f- <laughs> fruitful of people what happened to him.
1: Isn't that Glenn? Yeah, I don't <laughs> I know. Glenn. He's right.
5: Glenn's right. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. And then what happens after this? Uh Nancy watches the video blog of Chewy from the Friday the 13th
4: remake. That's right. a Little crossover. He gets to be uh, in both. Yeah.
1: And I, I got to ask If you were having terrible nightmares where someone was impacting your dreams and it was becoming reality, would you reach out to the world and say, is this happening to anybody else? Of course. Would you just implode and be like, holy shit, I'm fucking crazy and kill yourself. Like, I think I would lean to number two.
5: No, you reach out first and then...
1: It kind of bothers me with the whole franchise, how people are like, this really weird, fucked up, psychological thing is happening to me is anybody else experiencing that? <laughs> Right,
4: can you imagine the YouTube comments on that? It's like, go oh, fuck yourself. Yeah. You
1: know? <laughs> Who does that? Who asks if this fucking right? bizarre, unique experience is happening to and, anybody else?
4: And I even asked Daniel like, while, while watching the movie with the third video where his head gets slammed into whatever to make a computer go white noise, uh, which I don't know how you do that, but how did that video get posted? Yeah, he was, he was like in the middle of posting it. He was streaming it, live streaming it. He was live streaming? Yep. Did they have that in 2010? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't think the dial-up was enough.
1: Come on, guys. It's obvious. Freddy posted it.
4: Oh. Uh, he did a little. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. That's playful Freddy. Yes. After after the Asian kid died, it goes like a claymation cutaway of the computer mouse, but it's like a Freddy mouse with like burnt skin for buttons. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a red and black like, mouse.
5: Uh, this is like Freddy beating him at a video game.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We he needed it.
1: A, he uses a program that has an auto upload feature, and it just automatically uploads whatever videos have been recorded in the last whatever amount of time. Done. There you go. So problem
4: solved. Yeah. No. He was live twitching and took a break. Like, hey guys, cool. do you have fucked up nightmares where like you wake up with actual cuts on your body? <laughs> Make it sound like an infomercial. <laughs> are you like me, where you wake up and you have fresh cuts on your body? And he's super sincere. He's like, seriously, guys, I need help. I think I'm dying. And then the first the first comment is like, dying a fire fag. <laughs> <laughs> I killed your family. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, Jonathan. Why are you lying to me?
2: Why would you lie to me? I didn't lie. It's right here. Why would you lie to me? Stop lying to, I'm you. Lying lie. to no, me. No, I'm not Stop lying to you. I am not lying to you.
4: <laughs> God damn it. I'm gonna go freshen my drink. This is ridiculous. I just have some feedback
1: on how that scene could be better with the video blog. And the feedback is simply that it doesn't need to end with his head smashing against the screen and going to the white noise. It it can just be him, you know, I'm I'm I think I'm gonna go and try and and and, and sleep now or I'm gonna try and not fall asleep, and then end the video blog. Like it doesn't need to end with the dramatic, you know.
4: Yeah, or yeah, or he exactly. nods off, and then blood just starts pouring out of his nose.
1: <laughs> but then you have the same problem where you where you ask, "How did the video get posted if he's dead?" So you make it well, stre- you
4: make it streaming. Someone else cropped this video from a live stream. Well, and they they did the same thing that they've been doing throughout the entire movie, which is add a jump scare where you don't need one. Right. Fair
1: enough. Fair enough.
4: And so it's just throughout the entire movie, it's like jump scare, jump scare, jump scare. instead of going the whole psychological make you think about it sort of thing that Nightmare on Elm Street was trying to do. And, oh, here's the third video. And you see him kind of nod off. And then all of a sudden his head gets rammed into the screen. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just a a cheap scare that they've been doing this entire movie. And it's thinking you're and it's thinking you're paying respect by just being over the top. They make his makeup over the top, they make his deep voice over the top, and they even tried to over highlight his glove by making the most intense <laughs> glove scene. Right, you don't make sparks like that unless the fucking uh, unless the pipes are pumped with electrical current. Yeah, there's crazy sparks on everything. I actually kind of do like his kind of anxious habit of like the shinga 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 shinga. I, I, I like that. That yeah. was nice. But yeah. the whole like blades on the pipe thing with all the sparks coming off yeah. of it. Anytime he touches anything, is there's just this crisp pirate saber like shring. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but enough
1: is enough. The video blog, tip tip the scale. They've got to go and confront Quentin's father, Clancy Brown, about all the shit that's going
4: down. Yeah, because they kind of jump over it, but the conclusion they come to, which they don't really key, key you in on until, they, until you see where they're going, is that, oh, no, our parents killed him, and he may not have been a molester. We might just have been kids that were making up stories. Right. You believed a whole bunch of five-year-olds? We were talking about a cave. Did you ever find the cave? Well, no. <laughs> yeah. Did you even fucking look for it? Not really. No. Yeah, he's like, I, but I do think about it every day. Good. And deeply regret that I may have murdered an innocent man. <laughs> right? Good. That's your punishment. And now your kids are going to die.
1: And, and Miles Teller Pattinson, a.k.a. Quentin, is... Uh, oh, Quentin's no. <laughs> Come on. Storms out of the room. You know, Nancy follows in her moody, you know, distant and, way.
4: And this is the creepiest scene to me when she has the micro nap in the hallway, right? So, uh, what's his name, Quentin? Quinn? Yeah, whatever. Lee storms off, right? And Nancy's following him, and she just like in the middle of the hallway has her micro nap. Looks yeah, over. This is
1: this is the scene in the original where Camp is falling asleep
4: in the school. Yeah, they sort and, of they sort so, of mix it up. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and sees Tina or Chris inside the body bag talking to her and then getting dragged in the body bag. Same thing, but yeah, we've now, you know, all of the arguments in this podcast about crossing the line between the rules on Freddy is is already skewed. Because, yeah, you know, Quentin's falling asleep while he's swimming and she's falling asleep while she's walking and not really looking that tired and...
4: Well, it's it's a it's a Freddy remake, so new Freddy rules, right? So not sure. fair to judge this movie based on old Freddy rules. But I will but, say this is the one homage that uh, is actually successful homage. because because in the original this same exact scene is one of the scarier parts of the movie and it is the same way in this movie. Yeah, this this was the creepiest scene to me where uh Chris is standing up in the body bag and the blood coming out of her face and everything.
1: Yeah. But just quickly, this is one of the problems that we experienced in the original franchise discussion constantly. I'm sure I brought it up constantly and incessantly was that there was a huge problem with maintaining what Freddy was capable of and what those rules were. There was zero consistency over what his powers were and mainly how the dream world and reality Connected to each other, they never firmly established anything.
6: Yeah,
4: well, they didn't even bother to get into the Freddy fetus in this one, so we have a long way to go. Yeah, but
1: the fetus has nothing to do with anything.
4: It's I <laughs> has child. everything to do with everything. Mm. No, I, I, to, to be fair to this movie, I, if they are breaking a rule, I think the only rule they're breaking is establishing how tired someone has to be to have micro naps while their body is in movement. But otherwise, I feel like they're kind of just they're. I feel like they're abiding by whatever lazy shit they've set up. <laughs> I mean, and they already set the uh, set the whole thing for micro naps, where you can be awake and doing whatever it is you're doing, but your brain's asleep for a couple seconds. Yeah, right? you're
1: the one that came up with the term micro
4: naps. Me? No, that was in the movie. Yeah, the movie incessantly said it. What? When they're sitting at the library. Talking about, like, sleep and shit, where if you're awake for 70 hours or whatever, your body can start going into micro-naps. Here, let's check the record. Look, we're
0: running out of time. What do you mean? Well, it says nightmares are triggered by the belief that the dreamer has no control and this can cause insomnia. But then it says at the 70-hour mark, the insomniac will begin to experience micro naps. His brain will begin to shut down its functions for several seconds in an attempt to recharge itself. This basically means that you're dreaming, but you don't know it. Like even if even if you're awake. And then it says that after that, your brain will shut down, inducing a do coma, just permanent sleep. Boom shakalaka.
1: Well, I obviously wasn't paying attention during that scene. <laughs> you must have been
4: micro napping.
1: <laughs>
0: well,
5: you know what? Though that yeah. gives them, uh, that
1: gives them uh, sense to do whatever they want to do.
4: So, exactly. Fair enough.
5: I wish I micro-napped through this whole series.
4: That would have been a coma. <laughs> intern, don't you lie to me.
5: Why would you lie
2: to me? I didn't lie. It's right here. Why would you don't lie to lie. me? Why? Stop lying to me. I am not lying, lying to you. not lying to you. I'm not lying to you. Intern, stop My
5: lying. <laughs> That's so terrible.
4: Yeah. Oh,
1: I only tell truths. You haven't reached the 70-hour mark, Intern. Mm-hmm. And or next, stop and, lying to me. Just stop lying. <laughs> stop lying.
4: And next on Lifetime is a Golden Girls marathon. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that, do they have a plan now? Is there a plan now to go and find this school, right? I mean, they think Nancy's seen it in a dream a couple times. Yeah, she was mouth raped by Freddie in front of the school. Yeah, that, yeah. they they keep asking about that that preschool. And it just kept reminding me of something that I imagined that the intern would say.
2: What happened at that preschool?
4: <laughs> or that someone would say to the intern.
1: <laughs> well, it is their search for the truth that is leading them to the uh, final showdown in this movie. Whereas the original is more about Nancy making a stand.
4: Oh, yeah. That's, you know? that's the weird part about the original is that the end is like a horror version of Home Alone. She sets traps yeah. in her house. Yeah. And this is like a horror version of Nancy Drew
1: and a stronger character like Nancy in the original is a stronger character and says enough is enough fuck you let's do this yeah turns on him and and you know uh, kind of commits to dismissing the fact that he's real and challenging her 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 mental ability to um, compete with him you know so
4: I don't know well and they end this movie I mean jumping ahead like yeah. the, the way to defeat Freddy in this movie is the same way they figured out how to defeat Freddy in what four five uh, in the first one as well oh was it the first one too where if, if uh, you grab a hold of him in the dream you can wake up and, and have a hold of him yeah she comes back with his hat in the first one she has oh, a dream where she grabs right. his hat yeah and it's okay. the same thing, like, okay, we can transfer him over. and That's going to be ultimately the same plan they use in this film. But for right now... Because I remember that the, that was the big reveal in, like, 4 or 5, where you know, they, like, kind of torture him a little bit. Yeah, it happens multiple times. In Part 6, it happens because Freddie's daughter... Yeah. ...manages to pull him into the real world. But in this one, they decide to go find the school. So it's Quentin and Nancy. They've got a car they're driving out. He has to stop by a pharmacy real quick to re- get some refill on that Zonerall. And well, for for a music video director, this was pretty good. This was, yeah, this was the, I think this is the scene that the that the director had in his head and then he sort of fanned out to how to do the rest of the movie from here. It and it should have been most of the movie I think because this yeah this was one of my favorite scenes if not my favorite scene this whole movie is when she gets creeped out being in the truck and goes inside to find Quentin in the pharmacy and she starts to rapidly micro nap in the aisle oh she was more than creeped out like she fell asleep and then Freddie like threw her out of the truck yeah and then she woke up and was yeah she was was, was terrified she ran inside yeah and then she burned herself with the lighter the car lighter that did nothing like, that was the, I don't know, the coldest car lighter maybe ever. It was like, ow. Well, like, oh. It left like a little crop circle on her arm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, but but, but her reaction was nothing. No.
5: Oh, she's been awake for like 70 hours. Yeah. Her brain can't comprehend pain right now.
4: No, and when she gets inside and she gets in the aisle in the store, she starts to micro-nap. And they have that long shot or it starts it starts off as the aisle full of like greetings cards or whatever and it slowly fades into like this strobe room. this strobe light boiler room with Freddy at the end of it and i they start using this back and forth this like blinking mechanic to be like Oh I'm awake Oh I'm micro napping Oh I'm awake Oh I'm micro napping Yeah And I really wish They had extended that To the rest of the film Or like standardized it As like a way Or a trigger To let you know Exactly what the fuck Was happening Because the way they shot that Was so pretty That should have been All micro naps Yeah I was like Whoa This this scene doesn't belong In the rest of the film How did this sneak in here Right It's like Oh someone actually put Like artistic license Into the movie Yeah And was being creative In how they're making the movie yeah like for one Finally. second he like raises his arm to slash at her and then she blinks and he's like she's in the store by herself and then it blinks back and he scratches the pipes and when it blinks back all the product on the shelves falls off onto the ground right you're like all right yeah i like this it was so good guys like this was just so awesome no but you can see uh, it you can just see i
5: a... loved it
4: i mean compared to the rest of the movie come on yeah you can see a moment
5: yeah just compared to the rest of the series
4: you can see a moment where they stumbled across something that was fun and looked good as opposed to just being lazy and... So artistic. So wonderful. Best editing Why, in the movie. Why would you lie to me. I
2: didn't lie. It's right here. Why would you lie to me? Stop lying to me. I'm you. not Stop lying, lying to you. I am
4: not
1: lying
2: to
5: you. I'm not lying to you. Why aren't you lying? In turn.
4: <laughs> you know I what? I just think this movie is so good. They should have had more of the hot mom, though.
5: You know, this was the best movie to show up on the, the wheel so far.
4: Is do, is this your favorite Nightmare on Elm Street film in turn? Aside from Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah. Because, you, yeah, because you can't judge that one yet, so you don't know. Did anybody recognize it's really
5: It's really too bad because I probably should um, watch that one, and it most likely will be my favorite because all of these movies are still of equal failure like there isn't besides uh some karate which made me laugh out loud
4: for no reason. Yeah, invisible karate, it's the best.
5: Um And the head's coming out of his body. There is not one other moment in time between besides those two which were both totally ridiculous. I'm sure the audience... That I can recall and be happy about.
4: You know, you know, Nate... Yeah, I, really, I truly appreciate your, your input, intern. You know, Nate, I figure after all this time doing Nightmare on Elm Street, you'd finally be okay with it. But I, I still don't understand why you still don't like these movies. Yeah, you had, you had Can't Be Fun with the Jasons. Why you got so much hate on Freddy, intern? Oh, was that intern?
1: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jonathan, I'll accept your apology, and we'll move on. <laughs> uh, did anybody notice the medical resident that tried to sedate Nancy in the hospital after the incident at the uh, pharmacy?
4: Oh, Nurse Ratchet.
1: No. Did anyone recognize the medical resident, the redhead that tried to sedate Nancy in the hospital? No. April O'Neil from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
4: No. Yeah. Nice. Really? Yeah. I nice. see. Way to go, Michael Bay. In turn, this movie is chock full of surprises.
5: <laughs> oh, my God.
4: But you know what's more important? Where's Quentin?
5: Where's Quentin? I need Quentin.
1: Quentin is stealing an epinephrine needle. Yeah,
4: which, no, there's no way that could have happened. Not <laughs> a shot that could have happened. That's, no, not, that's not how it works. No just... nurse's carts are just left unattended with adrenaline needles in them.
1: So. <laughs> You're 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 looking for Ritalin, and you you're gonna take epinephrine just because it's there, and it's gonna end up being a pivotal thing in the. I don't know.
5: I always actually go to the hospital, and this is how I end up uh, with dates. This uh, <laughs> this is where I, I get my drugs from.
1: Feels like an ex machina.
4: You're just of. you're just walking up and down the aisles of a hospital, just <clears> and, <throat> and there's there's a just random nurse cart that's left alone, just chock full of adrenaline feels like oh, Herm- it's
1: her-, her-, her hermione's bag in harry potter just and, you know reach in and get whatever you want to solve a you know, plot and, twist design. and
4: i and i gotta say if this movie were filmed filmed in canada with your uh your healthcare system absolutely would have believed it but in the united states each one of those adrenaline needles is ten thousand dollars a shot yeah that, that shit is I locked mean, down absolutely locked down and it still doesn't answer the question.
6: Where's Quentin? I need Quentin.
4: Quentin's... Steals her away. Yeah. They literally duck out of the hospital while the nurse brings the mom out into the hallway to have this quasi-intense right. scene about signing her daughter's Hall- life away. Hallway right outside the door. Yeah. It's like, do you, did you not notice the kid walk in there? Yeah. And I feel like that... He learned something from Jesse. I feel. Yeah, and that actual part is from one of the later original Freddy movies. Is there's an exact scene like that where it's like super tense music, like do you sign Do you give us permission to put your daughter into a chemically induced coma? And the da- and the mother's like, Yes. And it's slow motion signature. That's from one of the later ones, part four or part five maybe. Uh
1: number three, she goes
4: to the psychologist. Ah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. See um on the hypnosil. I lay it up, you guys put it in the basket. Thank you.
1: Quentin has more than one needle Terrible, apparently sports, because sports, he's sports. jabbing himself in the leg.
4: Yeah. With no effect. No effect. Yeah. No effect. He's oh. dozing off a little bit, jams adrenaline, pure adrenaline, into his leg. He does
0: he's, He, he's he, like he does an on his
1: side. He he turns his head to the window and does a
4: a jaw yeah. correction. And and you know what happens immediately after that? Micro nap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he Sees Freddie in the road. And drives off into a swamp in Ohio. Yep. Yeah. How many swamps are in Ohio? None. Three. None. Yeah, Zero it swamps. Like
1: the, it looks like the field that was lit on fire in the rave scene in Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> 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 what are
4: you, a fucking retard? <laughs> yeah. Leg full of adrenaline, right? And he goes, ooh. And then goes right back to normal. Largest vein in your body, in your leg. Stabs himself, full of adrenaline. You'd imagine he's pumped out of his fucking mind. Immediate micro nap, swerves off the road. Yep, no effect. I don't know what those, how powerful those pills are, but apparently, if they're just counteracting adrenaline, pretty fucking powerful. And he's chewing them down this entire movie like candy. Yeah, well, we to the, to the daycare, to the daycare, and they are on like an internal timer. They do know that no matter what they pump into their bodies. Once they're at like 70, 72 hours, they're maxed out. Except for adrenaline. (laughs) Except for adrenaline. Pure fucking adrenaline. Uma Thurman, heroin overdose, adrenaline. Except for that. Yeah, but they're going to make their way to Freddy's. I I still love this entire movie. Uh, Nancy's character. I understand if I go to sleep, like, Freddy's going to kill me. But no, I don't want your stay awake riddling drug. No, I don't want your adrenaline. No, I don't, I'm don't. i not taking any drugs. I would rather risk having a micro-nap and dying. Yeah, she's ready to give up the whole time. She's like, like the intern of this movie. She took all those dare speeches to heart, man. Yeah. She is not willing to take any chemicals to stay alive. Nope. Not even cigarettes. All right? Doesn't even show which, her boobs. Which, even when they're in the... Yeah, that's uh, the worst part about this. When they're in the preschool... And uh, they're like snooping around, and she asks Quentin for his lighter. Lighter for what? You don't see him smoke a cigarette the entire time. Yeah, but everyone a lighter for everyone in a movie has a Zippo on them that they can sacrifice to start a fire. Everybody's fucking Indiana Jones all of a sudden. All of them. Also,
2: what happened at that preschool? Where's Quentin? I Quentin.
4: And it's pretty quick that they stumble across the notion that they're. Wrong, that Freddy Krueger is innocent. I mean, not that quick. Well, the, she they see his room. She finds his like they find his little sex room. hole pretty quick. Well, I mean, he and she's he, like
5: it's it's home.
4: He had his little mattress right with the the pictures on the wall, and then you know there's airflow. I yeah. guess. By the way, who the fuck designs a building like that? Yeah, like, like can did, you put a sex dungeon in this building? And did you see how tall it was? Like, it was, like, the ceiling was 20 feet tall. Yeah, once you got inside of the little, like, creepy... Right, it's like a silo. ...being John Malkovich hallway where they have to, like, crouch down. Right. Holy (laughs) shit. Like, who designs a building like that? Especially a preschool. Yeah. It looked like a converted grow room. Yeah, that's a whole lot of concrete for a converted grow room. Yeah. It's like, can you soundproof with, like, three feet of concrete... A little dungeon can you put baby leather straps in there and what? by the way how do the parents not find that it's like oh you see that really big circular part of the building that mm-hmm. stretches up 25 feet how do you get in there oh we don't know all right no and just leave it alone yeah they also didn't like gut the place like there was still lots of like creepy children's drawings and shit the parents never even looked for the dungeon no It's like, oh, no, we never found it. Oh, because you just killed the guy and just left it alone? Yeah, but they found it, and then they're going to plan their rebellion against Freddy inside of his sex dungeon. After looking at the Pornhub pictures. Like, I don't know. Yeah, after looking at the Pornhub pictures, which is like the weird, dark, hard candy moment of this movie. I don't know how we can keep endorsing that that website. (laughs) how, How do we... What else can we throw that into Pornhub's going to contact us and be like, "Can you stop associating us with child porn?" <laughs> One hundred lunatics brought to you by Pornhub. We will gladly be sponsored by Pornhub. The
1: room reminds me of that, um, small room that when Dean you seduce venture, children, that that Dean Venture was trapped in the mutated clone <laughs> venture.
4: We're not getting an Adult Swim contract out of this. Like what? Are you, <laughs> we're we're focusing on Pornhub and their child porn tab. Yeah, Fleshlight, hey. hit us up. You know what? Uh, you're a liar.
1: Why would you lie to me? I
2: didn't lie. It's right here. Why would you lie to me? Stop lying to me. I am not I'm not lying, lying to you. you. I am not lying to, lying to you. To I'm you. not lying to you. I'm not lying to you. There's there's a, there's, lying. A, there's a there's
4: there's a, a small snippet of that with the why are you lying to me part where she actually kind of sounds like Mila Kunis. Yeah, or Winona Ryder. <laughs> but like saying, I said, just saying, in the realm of like weird supernatural magic, like if you're in this situation, you don't want to go to the hub of where this power emanates from. You don't want to go to the Devil's Den? No, you don't want to go in the Devil's Den. You want to do what Why not? Th- You want to do what Nancy did in the original movie, which was go to her house, one of the most innocent places that she can go, and you set up your attack there. Here, they straight up just get on it's his like, dirty rape mattress this is and go to sleep. F- this is where Freddy wanted us to go. It is. He led us here. And the rape mattress was inside the room with the, f- with the pictures. Yeah. Where uh, Quinn was sitting, mm-hmm. right? Where he had previously, like, Come a thousand times. Sitting, before. she lays down in it. No, no, she lays down in his room, out of the porn dungeon. Oh, she goes into his actual like nap Yeah, nap that, area. That's where they have the the going into the dream thing, where Quinn is sitting down looking at at photos. Yeah, that's where Freddy raped him. The ironic part is that I would love to do a Nightmare on Elm Street remake starring the intern
5: as Freddy Krueger.
4: Let's do it. I'm sorry, you're, you're way too far away from your microphone. Are you, are you in? <laughs> I, I, I said uh, I'll make this
5: as painless for you as possible.
4: I'm sorry, can you turn your fan back on?
5: I promise
0: to make this as painless for you as
5: possible.
4: You're a liar, and turn
5: Why, Why would
1: you lie to me? I
2: didn't lie. It's right here. Why would you lie to me? Stop lying to me. I'm not I lying, lying to you. I am not lying, lying to you. you.
4: Let's point out a classic trope that's a trope just within the Freddy franchise, which is whenever you have a friend with you who's also been for days and days fighting sleep just like you. Who is supposed to be watching you sleeping. Why would you trust that person to watch you sleep in every Freddy movie? They had the adrenaline shot in the leg. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. In every Freddy movie, that person that's supposed to be watching you also falls asleep the second you do. And adrenaline shot in the leg equals immediate micro nap. Yeah. And you drove off the road and you walked to the preschool and now he's watching you sleep. Yeah, but he falls asleep maybe even before she does. Yep. Yep, because she doesn't come into the dream sequence until after he does. No, she has a moment there where she's like, oh yeah, this is probably a filthy mattress. And it takes her a second to fall asleep. And when she falls asleep, she doesn't like put her her like hands under her head and like make a pillow or try to like lay in any sort of human way. She's just like ragdolls a dead body style on the bed and closes her eyes yeah but immediately after that he's asleep yeah right he's in the dream sequence yeah he spent all that time getting that paper cutter to use the is for him yeah right but then he just because i asleep. saw i saw the mop handle and i was like "Ah, oh, you're gonna break that and like stab him right like you're yeah. gonna keep him at a distance like shame him like you fucking custodian well i mean like, you, you break <laughs> off the mop handle and you you now have a jagged edge where you can, like, spear him yeah. and keep him at a distance. No, he decides to go close quarters with the paper cutter machete. Yeah, it was the right move. Even though it doesn't carry over into the dream world, which he enters instantly. Right. Yeah. And so he fell asleep before she did. Yeah. Because he was in the dream world first. Terrible, terrible, Nancy. You know, Camp would have done this better. Yeah, she did it better by herself. She set up an alarm system. Because you yeah, can't well, trust someone.
1: It's also the age difference coming into this, too. Um, Just something, an interesting point, maybe, or maybe not interesting. Probably not. Well, I don't know. I mean, the original Langenkamp character, Heather Langenkamp was
4: 19 years old. Yeah, she looked it because she was it.
1: And Rooney Mara was 24.
4: 35. 67.
1: So... I don't know, maybe maybe a bit of innocence is required, a little bit of buy-in to this kind of idea.
4: Yeah, I get it. We're playing along. We're being a little bit picky here towards the end. Sure.
1: Anyway, during the dream sequence, Quentin and Freddy confront each other in the industrial dreamland.
4: And Freddy
1: slices him up. He does. And according to the trivia, he actually got cut. <laughs> Good.
4: Yeah. Good. I Make it real. A, I hope he has a scar from this fucking movie.
1: He actually got actually cut from that scene. That one of the blades that was supposed to retract didn't retract.
4: Wait, wait. Freddy's glove has retractable... No, bendable. They're supposed to bend. They're supposed to bend? They didn't want to make them rubber because they did that in the past and you could see. Yeah. But so they made them collapsible. Like they would just collapse against whenever you pushed on them. But one of them didn't. (laughs) And so it cut him up. Nice. Good. Good. Fucking dumb shit quinn deserves it that's good movie. make it real because tag you're it oh that was the line yeah yeah and he ends up slashing him and then he goes off to find nancy who he knows is also asleep running around somewhere in that same dreamscape
1: well, let's uh let's see if i can uh
4: he has a good time with nancy in this one. Oh yeah
1: but uh audio from quentin's adventure <laughs>
4: So that could have been a real... Ugh. Yeah, he slashes him, but we never really know how deep anyone gets slashed in this movie. No, I just want to know that the Quentin character felt pain. Oh, oh, he felt some pain. Good. Makes me feel better about watching this.
1: Mm-hmm. And then they do the uh, Nancy portion of the industrial dreamscape, which transitions into the house. Dreamscape.
4: Yes, which is which is good. I like when they do that. That's some of the best parts. Is when they turn the house into like this creepy, crazy place where the steps are all goopy In the snowy room. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and uh, she was running through the hallway, and the hallway turns to like blood. Yeah, that's right? a that's a nice moment. The yeah. hall. Like she gets stuck in it, and she's like <laughs> desperately trying to get out of it, and she can't. And Freddy's just and, walking up the that, stairs. And that kind of plays back to another Freddy movie where they're running down the hallway and like their feet get stuck or something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I mean, it kind of plays on other Freddy movies, which is kind of nice. But I mean, overall, but it looks good. It looks good all the way until the moment where it turns into pure computer graphics. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, there's the questionable homage where she's swimming in the hallway full of blood, and then she falls the ceiling over top of the bed, and that's supposed to be. I, I don't know. It feels like we're reaching to call that an
4: homage. That's not an homage. That's it's like, hey, we're gonna do something. We're gonna take that iconic scene and turn it on its head, Yeah, literally. We need a bloody bedroom scene. Here's it, kind of?
1: Yeah, I want to call a halt to everything right now and just just uh, appreciate Jonathan's correct pronunciation of homage. <laughs> um, good job. Thank you for participating with the uh, correct pronunciation of homage. Thank in, you, Jonathan. In, Everybody, give give Jonathan a, a, a high five. Or well,
4: a, in, in accepting this award, I I would like to, one, thank the intern for all of his insight, because without that, I I would have no idea what I'm doing. So, intern, Mm. if if you wouldn't mind taking a bow.
1: Yeah, and can Uh, we get some more uke,
4: intern? Minor pentatonic, please.
5: That was my silent bow, and there'll be no more ukulele ever again.
4: What a liar.
2: Why would you lie to me? I didn't lie. It's right here. Why would you lie to me? Stop lying to me. I'm not lying to you. I am not lying to you. I'm not lying to you.
4: All I hear now is Mila Kunis. (laughs) (laughs) A
1: fucking liar. Okay.
0: Uh,
4: Beautiful. No, but she has... What a nice dress she has on. That's him tapping the nails on the door It's yeah. nice I mean he did some good stuff with the glove Yeah mm, This dress <laughs> Don't like that though
3: it was always one of my favorites Do you remember it Nancy? Of course you do You remember everything now Don't you? Your memories are what fuels me.
6: (laughs) No, please don't.
3: Your mouth says no. But your body says yes. (laughs) Don't turn away. Look at me.
4: Look what you did to me. See, it's a good example in that clip of what he does right and what he does wrong. Using that fluffed up Freddy voice. I like when he gets angry. When he's like, look at me. Look at me. But I hate when he does that. "Mm, uh, You like like that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I like it. So I actually really enjoy Jackie Earl Haley as Freddy. Yeah, I I do do. too. I think he does a really good job. There are some things here and there that don't come off as well as i feel like they should especially that mm, uh, uh, bright, yeah. because that's like it's supposed to come off really creepy no it, but it sounds like yeah. right it it sounds like like jerky boys yeah it well it sounds like oh i remember when i was filming that scene and now i'm overdubbing it overdubbing it and my facial prosthetic was way too much in the way for it to look like i'm actually Yeah, my fish mouth doesn't look like it could make that sound. Right, and I feel like he's watching the scene, trying to overdub it, but the makeup and prosthetic was so bad, he's trying to keep it with what would look realistic on camera. Yeah. And I feel like he is a shittier Freddy than he actually was because of how bad the makeup was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because when it's just him, like, when it's just him acting as Fred Krueger in, like, the gardening scene and playing with the kids and uh, when he's getting burned alive, he I think he does a great job. And there are some scenes where he, I think he's a great Freddy, where he's creepy and, and all that. But there's some parts here and there just like that mm, where I feel like the makeup got in the way when he was doing the overdubbing. Yeah. And you kind of get the idea that maybe they should have done a prequel. Yeah. uh, And this may be blasphemous for Daniel, but I feel like there are some parts where I feel like Haley is a creepier, better Freddy than the original. Yeah, I can go with that. Yeah. I I liked England because he made a role that should have been throw up in your mouth ridiculous. Charming. That's why I like Robert England, yeah he, this is definitely a scarier interpretation, but I want to point out something they Freddie does something weird that they never go back to, and I don't really know what he's referencing, and maybe you guys can help me figure out why he would say something like this You smell different Because when she was a child, she smelled a certain way. Now she's older, I'm sure she's wearing perfume, or she's had sex. Would, Does that like, mean he he can he doesn't smell the innocence anymore? Yeah, she doesn't smell maybe. as good. Maybe once
5: once you go through puberty, you have
4: a different smell. Hormones, like he's own he's like no longer attracted to her because she doesn't smell like a little child, right? Ooh. Maybe turn, maybe Nancy's never had sex before. When when he when
1: said what he just said, when he said when you go through puberty, you have a different smell. I felt an equal
4: <laughs> amount. I felt. <laughs> No, I felt <laughs> he found that out on Pornhub.
5: No,
1: I the hair felt stood a- up on your neck.
5: <laughs>
1: I felt an equal amount of, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> also, that's disgusting. <laughs> I felt an equal amount of disgust and, you know, information received. I've got both of those.
4: Well. <laughs> Okay, so here, here's my interpretation of it, and I'm, I'm delving way, way too deep into this. When he says that to Chris, she was dating Jesse for a little bit. She fucked Jesse, right? Which is why she's so comfortable sleeping on Jesse. Oh, and totally Jessie, fucked Jesse. Right? Yeah, yeah. So she's not a virgin anymore. Nancy's still his favorite. She's still a virgin because she's spending too much time painting in her room and not... Going to parties and why know, are Quint- you doing this? And and Quentin saying, "Hey, you oh. never come to parties and all that stuff." Right, uh, right. Uh, so why, she's lost why, her virginity. She doesn't smell the same. Why are you
1: doing this? Why not? We got why nothing else taking, to do. And, no. Why are you taking it into a deflower zone?
4: Why? Because you she smells different. Hey. Yeah. The intern's onto something here.
1: Intern already explained that that puberty did that.
4: It's not puberty.
1: We don't need to talk about deflowering her virginity and how that impacts <clears throat> Freddy.
4: That's the difference, smell. Whoa, guys, this is all a little bit too fast for me. Now that you got me, <laughs> what game do
3: you want to play next? Fuck you. Ooh, sounds like fun. It's a little fast for me.
4: <laughs> no, and we, and we can wrap this all up pretty quick here. They, they have the classic moment that we're all waiting for, which is that... She's endlessly fighting Freddy in her dreams. Even though Quentin's all fucked up and damaged in real life, he still manages to wake her up by Pulp Fictioning her in the chest. He should have been dead. Yeah, he should have been dead. He like, basically was. But he has enough energy to Pulp Fiction her with the It's ad- the adrenaline that took so long to get to his heart from the leg. Yeah, he put it in his That's leg it. like like an idiot. That's why. Yeah, That's he, it. Ne- he needs to go right in the heart, which I he gives it. to her. She wakes up just in time to pull Freddy through and then and he, Freddy was about to just like stab her through the chest oh big time yeah right he was making a big dramatic moment of it yep but and and, I, and to give this movie credit I've seen this scene probably like four out of the seven times in the Freddy movies this pull him out of the nightmare world into reality and then we can all make smug, dro- smug jokes about how this is our world bitch but this one actually does it okay it makes sense he gets cut up a couple of times by the paper cutter he gets his hand chopped off, the big iconic moment where his glove falls off and he's like, Oh shit. Now I got nothing. Right. She did not Nate, need to say the line, This is my world, bitch. Bitch. I yeah. wish I wish they hadn't have done that. Like they should have just cut that right out. That's implied. You, you know, have to be I,
5: on the nose here. Think of the people that love and watch these movies.
4: No, I love and watch these movies. I know, and you need that. I don't need that. You need it. Calm
1: it's down, necessary. Nate. You know, you know what I thought when she said, this is my world, bitch.
4: Nothing. Like I thought everybody else. <laughs> I
1: thought to myself, I thought, Nancy, you're a liar. <laughs> Why would you lie to me? I
2: didn't lie. It's right here. The Why world's would you on lie canvas. Stop lying. to me. I am I'm not lying, lying to you. Me. I am not lying,
6: lying to you. I didn't want you to have to go
2: through your life with this memory. I didn't want you to remember. I wanted you to forget.
4: No, let, let's discuss the last thing here, which is our little wrap-up, like, outgoing mandatory horror scene, which is where we throw on, like, the ability to have a sequel, and in the original, they try to play it off like she's been dreaming this whole time, or that solving or killing off Freddy has, like, resolved her dream loop. Yeah, because the door shuts on itself. And- yeah, and now she can, like, it goes back to kind of how the beginning of the movie started, which is, like, her going to school, and she gets in her little car with Johnny Depp and all of her buddies that were originally dead. And it turns out that it's like actually like a Freddy car, and it's like here we get a very violent scene where Nancy comes home with her mom. Everything I'm seems to be so squared glad, away. So glad you were trying to protect me. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Nancy's Sorry. trying to thank her mom. <laughs> Sorry, that's that was what I got of it. it was <laughs> yeah, because that's all it is. She thanks her mom and then Freddie appears in the mirror, stabs her mom in the back of the face, sucks her into the mirror world, and she screams and credits. And we're done. Lots, that, of, lots of room for a sequel. A sequel n- that will never come. Never happen. Yeah. Never happen. Good thing? Bad thing? Does that mean that this gets, this gets handed off to someone who could maybe do it with some passion? When? I, don't I don't know. I don't know. So you write the screenplay. We email it over to Kevin Smith or Rob Zombie. And we see what they what they do with it because Rob Zombie actually gave a shit about Halloween. Yeah, the first one, right? He kind of tanked that second one. Well, when the studio cut his nuts off, and they're like, "This this is all you have to do. Like, we're you're not doing anymore after the second one. We're done."
1: I stand pat. Leave it alone. Walk away.
4: Walk away. All right, intern. You've been dying to tell us what your rating is for this film. Uh, did you happen to rate the other Nightmare on Elm Street films? I did, yes. Okay. Oh, shit, he's still there.
5: Yeah, I'm still here. I
4: thought you left a while ago. Give me yeah. Give me in rapid fire, you don't have to go into depth. Your ratings on each film ending with this one.
5: Okay, so I got uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984, zero. Nightmare on Elm Street, two, Freddy's Revenge, zero. Nightmare on Elm Street, five, The Dream Child, zero.
4: You're missing a couple. Did you skip a couple? I know.
5: Now, these are all the zeros. Oh. Uh, new nightmare, zero. Uh, and then we got, let's go to the minus ones here. Nightmare on Elm Street, four, minus one. And a nightmare on Elm Street, three, minus one. Oh, fuck
4: yourself. <laughs>
5: and this nightmare on Elm Street remake, zero. So overall, this is uh, you gave big, this a fran- better a rating. Franchise of zero.
4: You gave this movie a better rating than Nightmare on Elm Street three. No, no, zero. Oh. Thank you, zero is the worst. Thank you, Jonathan. You you brought up an opportunity for us to explain how the rating system works here on 100 Lunatics. Uh, it's a plus three to negative three negative sliding scale rating system. Of course, geared specifically towards horror movies, of which the negative scale denotes how good bad it is, not how bad it is. In our scale... So a negative one is better than a zero? Yes. Zero is the worst. Zero means it's mediocre, forgettable, don't give a shit about it, should never have been made, unnecessary. You gave the original Nightmare on Elm Street a zero?
5: I did, yes. This whole concept is a piece of shit, and the only reason that some of them got minus ones is because of individual scenes that I can't actually even remember.
4: (laughs) Right. So him giving a negative one to some of these is actually a good thing. It means that it entertained him. In like a goofy, campy way. Or he forgot about terrible things that could have happened in the movie.
5: Well, it was definitely a positive thing for the movie at getting a negative one. But thinking about things now, there's only like a few things I actually remember. And I've seen all of these pretty recently, like within the last two months. Um, and this has been one of the most forgettable series I, I've ever seen.
4: All right. A zero from The Intern. Nathan?
5: Uh, What are you asking me for?
1: A rating? Because I've already given ratings in the past.
4: Right. For the the other series. Yeah, if you have yours available, you can say them. If if not, just give us the, uh, the one that we just watched tonight.
1: I think the remake does deserve a zero. Only because it is remaking a movie that wasn't, in my opinion, extraordinary to begin with. I mean, I'd probably give Nightmare on Elm Street... Number one, a minus two at this point. I'm not sure what I gave it initially, but I would say it's a solid, you know, hokey horror movie from the '80s. Uh, I, I mean, I disagree with the intern when he says that the concept is is uh, unnecessary. I don't, I don't know where he would get that from. I mean, uh, an entity that lives inside of your dreams, it's. A pretty cool concept from a horror standpoint. I would say that the horror genre would benefit from a concept like that, so I don't know that the concept it, it itself deserves a zero. Perhaps the execution, if that's his perception or his opinion, that the uh, concept being executed equals a zero for all of those movies. Um,
5: the, the problem with when you have things that take place in your dreams is that everything is set up as... Hamarni's bag of magic. Well, that would be execution. Everything
1: you can relate to that. You, but you specifically stated that the concept was a zero, which I completely and totally disagree with. However, the execution of it uh, in the original, watching both back to back today, I would say that the original deserves at least a minus two because it's hokey and it's, you know, it's a little bit silly. But, you know, the original Freddy is quite entertaining and quite amusing and the original is quite fluid and it does achieve what it sets out to achieve. The remake is simply trying to do what that did and failing. So I can't really see... I'm, I feel bad about doing it, but I don't think that it was necessary to do a remake at all. And based
4: on that, I have to do a zero. Have to do so. Two zeros. This movie is wildly unnecessary to half this podcast so far. Um, Jonathan. Okay. So let's talk about it. I Robert England is Freddie. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. I want to see all seven movies, not, not counting the remake, but all seven movies with Jackie Earl Haley as Freddie with, with the original makeup, not the fish mask. I want to see what he does with all seven movies shot for shot. Remake. I want to see him do Freddie the way Robert Englund did Freddie. Right. So on him alone, you think there's some merit to this movie? You leading on the no, positive side. No, 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 side? no, no, This movie, no. Oh, well, no, let's, no. Let's, let's talk about this movie. No, this this movie doesn't exist. So you're uh, a, this is a zero th- from you this, as well. This movie makes me want to see Jackie Earl Haley do the entire Freddie series. Right. As Freddie, but I don't want to talk about this movie because this movie is just. I mean. I understand what they tried to do, and there were some scenes that I thought they they did well, like the the killing of like the burning of Freddy, and mm-hmm. you know the backstory of Freddy, which just was like, why did you guys not do a prequel? Like get get Jackie without the the Freddy fish mask, and just have him be Fred Krueger, the maintenance guy in the preschool. You so, know?
1: Jonathan, would you say would you define the Nightmare in Elm Street
4: remake as unnecessary? <sighs> the only redeeming quality of the remake is haley and what makes haley and, th- and even that's tough to say because with the fucking mask and how you like how you can tell what he's saying is not what he's actually mouthing in the mask and all that stuff like they did a terrible job in in costume and makeup but, but you feel actually- like but you feel like deep down he could be a great great freddy krueger
1: but if if we break down because what we're asking you right now is to rate this on the 100 lunatic scale so a plus three is a masterpiece plus two is recommendable plus one is satisfactory zero is unnecessary minus one is guilty pleasure minus two is dumb fun and minus three is absolute lunacy so if you were to define, so
4: if I have to judge between a zero is totally irrelevant and yeah. minus three is lunacy, okay. So we're on the negative scale. Oh, definitely.
1: Okay, so
4: so it's either, but it's but, either
1: unnecessary or it's so
4: so pleasure. now I have a problem with with the rankings because if minus one is like a guilty pleasure and minus or minus one is like ah, it's dumb but I can recommend it or minus two is guilty pleasure, it's neither of those. I'm not recommending this movie to anybody, and it's not a guilty pleasure. I'll never see this movie again. So zero. It's a zero. You're telling this, it's a zero. But I want to give Haley something. No, you you don't need to. It's not
5: necessary to do that. You can still say that he did the best that he could, but it's not... If you're never going to watch this movie again, and you wouldn't recommend it to anybody, then it would be a zero.
1: Like, when I say I feel bad, but I'm giving it a zero because it is unnecessary... I feel bad, Jonathan, because Jackie Earl Haley's awesome, because Rooney Mara's a great actress, and she just ended up in a project she didn't like, and also because we did this whole franchise together, and I feel bad about doing it. But but I'm, with, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, all, the
4: in, the in, all, the, all of that. I, I, feel, I feel bad for Haley. I don't really care about Rooney Mara that much. Uh, we went through this entire series, and we're ending it on this. I feel bad.
1: It feels sour, but it, right.
4: it is what it is. I mean, it's not the worst movie I've ever seen, but I'll never see it again. Yeah, so that's I think that's confirmed then. Three zeros of the four of us. What do you give it? What do I give it? It's an important question. Jonathan. Why is it, why is there not background music? Oh <laughs> Yeah, I have also rated all the Nightmare on Elm Street films. Uh I think the most consistent factor, of course, is that most of them receive negative ratings, and a lot of them receive negative two ratings. Because to me, despite the intern's jaded, jaded attitude towards this franchise, I actually like Freddy a lot. I like how ridiculous it is, I like the nightmare concept, I feel like if anyone (laughs) that was slightly competent was given half a chance, this franchise could really, really be something. And this movie definitely wasn't the new next step that I wanted it to be, but I have a real hard time just settling on a zero for this movie. And it doesn't go in the negative arena, because there's nothing that ridiculous about it, other than that lying (laughs) clip that we've been playing all night, that pushes it in that campy negative fun side for me. I wouldn't recommend it, because it's not good, but I can't give it a zero. And so I've got to give it a plus one. Because what does there, that mean? there are some things in this movie that I like, and that if somebody that was around that had any sort of attention to what this franchise is and could be, could have directed them to harp on those things instead of just stumbling across them accidentally. Did you hear everything that I was struggling with about this movie? I absolutely did. Zero. I hear everything that you guys say, and then I consider it nonsense because <laughs> my opinion is the only one that matters. It's a plus one. I wouldn't tell any friends about it, but if you're a fan of the franchise, you kind of have to watch it. And it's not as bad as you think it would be, nor is it anywhere near as good as you hoped it would be. Plus one.
1: It's definitely not (laughs) Pumpkinhead.
4: I fucking love (laughs) Pumpkinheads. What was plus one again? Like, what was the...
1: Satisfactory.
4: No, how could you do plus one? Plus one is like eh, this is not satisfactory. There's something I don't no. think it should not exist at all. Jonathan, this is this is not a C grade, Jonathan. Don't challenge. I'm not here enough to don't to not challenge, challenge the showrunner. That'll make I'm, you fire. Yeah, Look. it's simple. You don't get the challenge anyways, and it doesn't even matter because now it's time to choose something else. Jonathan, it's been a long time. Would you like to crank the wheel? Get on up there. Don't you sit down. Oh, God. Do crank- I have to slip my wrist? Yeah, you gotta put a little bit of blood on it. That's the rules. All right.
0: There
4: we go. There we go. Oh, God. Did Wilter always laugh this much? The
3: category is 100 Lunatics. The lunatic is... Pinhead. You will be watching Hellraiser. We have such sights to show you.
4: Ugh, Wilter, you get me every time. Every time with that shit. Outstanding. Oh, this this is a good one, guys. This oh, is a good one. Is this the Michael Bay remake? No, it's not. No, this is the 1987... Original Hellraiser, a movie which gets looped into or grouped into these other slasher franchises but does not belong with them at all. Not at all. Hellraiser is way different from other horror movies made in the 80s. Way darker. It's way darker. It's way smarter. It's way more fucked up. Yeah. Hellraiser is a good one. A lot of people avoided it, and this was a personal favorite when I was a kid. Hellraiser is when... Oh, remember when everyone got really lazy with slasher movies and Nightmare on Elm Street was going really campy? Yep. Let's go fucking horror. Yeah, Hellraiser came in and started some dark shit. Yeah. No, a lot of respect for Clive Barker, the Hellraiser franchise, uh, at least the first two or three. Well, and Clive Barker was like, oh, Wes Craven, that's adorable. Yes. Let's go fucking sick. Yes, even oh. though I've spent this whole episode talking about Freddy, if someone gave me the decision or the offering between Clive Barker and Wes Craven, Clive Barker every time.
1: Yeah. The he's Hellraiser sick. The, the Hellraiser VHS box scared the shit out of me when I was a child. It hey. was supposed
4: to. Yeah. They designed that box so if you walked into Blockbuster Video, you would not want to rent it.
1: Yeah. I am afraid of it. Yeah. I've, i've never gotten near it because i was actually genuinely afraid of hellraiser yeah
4: they designed it for 19 year old kids to prove how cool you were in front of the other kids you were with <laughs> it's been a long one but we had a lot to say i mean not really i mean yeah we watched the remake but there were seven other movies eight other movies in there that we had to talk this about. is how we end the entire series yeah this is it this is what we go out on there's no other Freddy after this we can go watch the TV show no no you guys don't want to do that we can go watch the blockbuster commercials back to back yeah well we're all done with Freddy to watch of course the intern has one more Freddy movie to watch and I'm sure he's looking forward to it in the meantime this is my send off this is it this is it you're welcome to come back but yeah this is what we waited uh, for you're welcome I'm sorry everybody yeah. that should have been better hop on over to 100lunatics.com that's the direct site where you can get all your horror goodies otherwise head over to sadsackstudios.com check out all of the shows that we do all placed on one site in one mega podcast feed just for you otherwise I'm Daniel, that's my cousin Nathan
1: it wasn't our fault They, it, it was their fault we didn't want to give it a zero
4: No. Now I'm the only one that didn't Jonathan thank you for joining us Jackie you're still in my heart in all of our hearts and intern you're welcome do you even want to come back (laughs) I
0: don't know
5: I feel like
4: like you're struggling the hardest and of course you can send all of your hate mail on twitter to the intern at the intern tpp the rest of our twitter tags you can find at sad studios next time Hellraiser, we have such sights to show you. you so Does the intern want to yucca us out? Sure don't. He strums like he types. So angry. It's like an intro to a Led Zeppelin B-side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rapidly fading in and out crescendos. Up. <laughs> <laughs> we got it, Robert. We got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to keep doing it. We got it on the first take. It's been twenty minutes. Yeah, I mean you, you don't get it. It's like it's like it's sexual and a metaphor for Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it's sexual and dangerous. Sexually dangerous.
5: That it's about, like it's like about fucking
4: know. immortal. <laughs> Jackie Earl or Haley had notes. It's nearly impossible to say Jackie Earl Haley. You have to I, say I know, Jackie Earl. I've been saying it this entire fucking time. <laughs> know, we, there's English, and you guys are speaking it wrong. Did Freddie
1: say J- Jesse in that clip?
4: Yeah, that was way before when Jesse fell asleep in the boiler. Uh, in the We're prison. dealing
1: with Quentin here. Those are lies. Oops, sorry. Well, what do we do now? <laughs> <laughs> well, we establish first that Daniel's a liar.
6: There,
1: there would be first of all with if the intern was starring as Fred Krueger. Every time that a dream sequence happened, it wouldn't be the uh, uh, noise that was played earlier. Uh, Daniel, do you have the noise? In, instead of that, it would be a pre-assessed um, uh, ukulele <laughs> sequence of chords.
4: Intern, in I know you have your trusty uke with you. Can you, can you do some some? Yeah. Can in you dramatic chords? Of
1: what would be the dream sequence um, acknowledgement? Yeah. So the audience knows that a dream is happening. Yeah. Play something no. spooky
4: and don't don't you lie to me. There is no spooky.
1: Can't happen. Give us something. Bring it. Freddy is coming.
4: <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm looking for something more in a minor enigmatic scale. Can you do that? No, no. It's extra scary because just imagine like a slow motion, silent montage behind that music of like a little girl crying and like slowly taking her dress off. I'm sorry. All I was picturing was Freddy at a luau.
6: <laughs> Fuck.